Hey. 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 <laughs> Brah, what's Bro, up? What's happening? <laughs> good morning, Kyle. Good hey, morning. Good morning. Oh. Happy, happy morning to everybody out there listening with your ear holes, all three of you. How many people you think actually listen, like on a regular? On the reg? On the reg, yeah. Like the honest Which is number. different than on the res. The it's honest on the reg. number? It would be low to mid 30s. Honest number low. To, I, I'll take low to mid thirties. I will that's too. Honestly, right? That's, that's honestly sweet. more than I expected. If there were, if we're, if we're pulling in a low to mid thirty listens, that's more than I expected. And it depends. Like that's all. Like listen to new episodes during release date. Like if we look back, we got some. We got some listens. Oh, that's all right. We're doing all right. Um. So it's if they listen on the release date, low to mid thirties. That's what you're saying. Like the week of the release, yeah. Yeah, okay. So last week's was only like, was two hours. I say only, yeah. but it was two hours, right? Dude, it was so fucking short when I heard it, when I listened it back. I was like, it was over. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? I'm like. Uh, we're missing some context here. I, What's What the hell's going on? Right, I know. And it was, uh, I don't know if that's, there's part of me that thinks that that's kind of a good thing or a bad thing because, so Bill listened to it. Shout out to my man, Bill. And he's like, yeah, man. He says, it was really nice. He says, it was, you know, I listened to it. It was over pretty, you know, over quick enough. And he's like, I listened to the whole thing all at once. And he's like, it was great. I'm like, yeah, but wasn't it kind of short? And he's like, well, yeah. And he listens to it on double speed. Oh. So if I'm talking really fast and Bill's listening on double speed, then it's going to really fuck with him. Because <laughs> obviously when you listen, they just, yeah, the yeah, words all jam together. So he listened to it in an hour. But the thought of like... It was just really weird only being two hours. But if it was shorter on a consistent basis, if we wanted to get listeners, if that was our goal, I bet you we would probably open it up to a few more people because I, I know people that see three hours and I'm like, mm, that's a little bit much. Probably. <clears throat> but I don't know. Don't listen, don't listen. No, I, I'm, I'm down with that. I'm just that, saying. That, I think that's it the was, mentality. It was, uh, last week was pretty awesome. That was good. Shout out to Lacey uh, Steffes. No, no, no. It's different. It's Lacey Wells Steffes. You got to get that shit. Get the order right. Yeah, you got to get the order right. Um, That was fun. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was good sesh. Yeah. It was shorter uh, relative to other episodes, but we've been all over. Like we're consistently like, I would say minimum two and a half. Yeah. Oh, easy. I, I bet... Our average has to be at least three. I would say our <laughs> average is three. Yeah, our 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 lowest to date, I bet, was last week. Like after the first one, yeah, and the, the second one. The second one was under two. It was like one fifty four or something. Oh, like really? That. But we were just getting our feet wet. Yeah, we didn't know what the fuck was going on. We still just don't. Dipping our little tippy toes into water. Yeah, man. Yeah. No, we don't really know what the fuck's going on, but it's pretty fun. I mean. <laughs> I hear every week. Yeah, we do. We do what we do. <laughs> so we're uh, juiced up on coffee. All right. So let's let's get down to this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we were having a conversation, of course, pre-hitting the record button. And you were, last night, had a little experience. Oh, we could talk about that, too. I was, we were going to talk about service, right? Yeah, well, that... 
That and a few things. Let, let's just so I can replay the whole. Right, replay the whole gonna, the whole thingy thingy. Lay it all down. All right. So uh, we went to a uh, restaurant in Middleton, Wisconsin last night uh, called Takira 88. Little uh, sushi joint um, just off the Beltline in Middleton. They got some good sushis there. Um, services, okay. Um, but overall, like we like the place. They got good food. Um and it's super convenient because it's right off the belt line. So you don't have to go too far into town if you're down there doing a little shopping trip or something on the way home. We just stop. Um, and we're like talking about where did we do? Talk about should we do Friday night fish? And you, are you a sushi eater? No. Okay. So if you like sushi, you always eat too much sushi. It's like you order way more fucking sushi than you need, but it's so fucking tasty, and then you just eat the whole thing. So we were trying to eliminate the heavy feeling of having a Friday night fish fry, you know, when... Yeah. Depending so, on where you get it. Yeah, yeah. It just sits there. It just sits, and it's kind of heavy, and I, you know, it's like... So it's like, oh, we'll just go have Friday night fish sushi. Um, And uh, uh, we just ate way too fucking much. So just like we we like pounded, I I did anyway. I pounded so much sushi, but I was like so heavy when I was done. But here's the thing, though: if it's like raw fish and rice compared to grease and batter and um, breading and uh, French fries, it it like it goes like the the heavy feeling fades pretty sure, quick. Sure, it's a lot different. Um, anyway, so we're sitting at the restaurant, and it is taking fucking forever. For, for our food. I mean, it's fucking insane, right? Was we the place in. busy? No. We walked in and there was like maybe five or six tables out of 20 or 30. They have like one big table in the middle that was blocked off because, you know, social distance. Um, But like they had four or five sushi chefs behind the bar just fucking going to town. You see shit flying and they're grabbing and they're moving quick and everybody's hustle and bustle. There's nobody in there. Well, I mean, there's like, like I said, five or six tables. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we ordered a glass of wine, get some our water. We had a little bowl of soup goes with our sushi dinner. And uh, Stephanie's got to go um, check her hair. <laughs> She's got to use the restroom. And uh, so I'm looking at my phone. I'm reading a, a news story. Do you do that? Do you like if you're at a restaurant and you're with somebody and they get up to go do something. Oh, yeah, you, you can't pop, just pull your there. phone out. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I, I, we used to be able to do it. Used to be able to sit there and just look around, <laughs> you know, it's like wait for someone else to come back to the table. Now it's like, oh, I should check my phone quick while they're not around because it's rude to look at it while they're there. Although so many fucking people. So I do it sit. for a different reason, but we can get into that after your story. Okay. Well, either way. So I'm looking at my phone. Um, and I'm reading a news story, uh, which we can talk about later too. It's a, it was a school shooting in Rig, Rigby, Idaho. Um, and all of a sudden, my whole fucking world went blurry. Like my eyeballs got all fucked up. And I couldn't read my phone. All the words got turned into a mess. Um, I looked at the table. Everything at the table was a mess. I looked around me. The people, like everything was a fucking blur. It was so strange. And then Stephanie comes back and she looks at me. She's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> she's like, <laughs> I'm like, I can't fucking see shit. And she's like, what are you talking about? So it's like, I, I don't it, I can't say it was double vision. Cause, because it wasn't like two, like if I was looking at you, it wouldn't have been two Kyles. It was like, there's like 12 Kyles. Mm. 
it was like a fucking weird blur. And it just like, it was super intense. And then I was looking around and I'm, and I'm like, I was really trying hard to super focus my eyes on something, you know, and I could start to like maybe pick out a lamp. Like I could see there's a lamp over there, but like to focus on it. And, and then Stephanie's like, well, maybe you need to go outside. And it's like, I didn't want to stand up. Like it was like, mm, I don't know. I'll take a drink of water. So I started drinking some water and, and all of a sudden I could just, it, it was like, a, um, like a le- camera lens, you know, when you see the shutter yeah. and it goes yeah, down yeah, to yeah. a small point, it was like all these, all these, uh, like say I'm looking at my, my bowl of soup on the table, the bowl of soup, there's 20 of them. And then there's 15 and then there was 10, there was five and then there's three and then there's one. And it came back, and then all of a sudden, it's like everything's back in focus. And it was, like, super strange. Maybe your eyes just needed a reset. I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, it's like factory reset my eyes. <laughs> like, had you eaten anything all day? This was before you ate? Yeah, it was before dinner. So, yeah, I had a pretty solid lunch. Right. Yeah, like around, yeah, I had a good solid lunch. Chicken and rice for I'm lunch. I'm going to ask you all the mother questions. Had you been <laughs> eating? Yeah. Had you drank a lot of water? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was drinking water, and I had um, had my vitamins that day. I stretched out, um, did a little bit of running around. Like, I was active that day. Um, it was just weird. I had, a, like, now I think of it, there was, like, a little tiny tinge of a headache mm. when I was done. Um, of course, you know, I'm diving into WebMD, you know, this yeah. morning when I wake up, I'm all WebMD. I, I told Stephanie, I said, yeah, oh, the, you wait, I'm going to do WebMD tonight. Your brain yeah, it's a like tumor, um, most likely. Either that or it was a, um, a miniature stroke. Mm. That is like, that's something that made me like, hmm, could have been that. Because like the, the, what they described yeah. was like, it's like a, a blurred vision, um, headache and then dizziness and it says nausea too and i wasn't nauseous at all so here's the thing as soon as my vision came back i was like cool and i was done i was i started laughing about it you know and i don't know if that's like my somehow my yeah. my manliness my ego is trying to play off yeah the, we talked about some, not going to the doctor some, when you should. right some fucking weird shit i mean what's so what's vertigo vertigo is that vertigo vertigo is like yeah, when you get dizzy okay so um i wasn't feeling wobbly okay that's the thing it's like there was no nausea there's no wobbliness it was just everything was just blurry it was just pure eyes it was just like yeah it was fucking pure eyes it's so fucking weird so of course you know my webmd buddy he says that i probably had a a minor uh clottage in my brain it fucked with my head and i should get that shit checked out because it could mean that the the big one's coming oh i know that don't sound very fun stick your tongue out and go both sides (laughs) (laughs) what does that do i think if you're having a stroke you can't do one of the sides well i'm not having a stroke right now (laughs) okay but when if it happens again stick your tongue out and do that make sure you can go both sides Uh, if i (laughs) if i i think if i'm having a stroke i don't who knows now that you said that i might fucking do that if i ever feel like i do that all the time really Uh, actually how often do you have a stroke i i hopefully (laughs) i don't but i always like (laughs) <laughs> i will stick my tongue like all right both sides check i'm good <laughs> solid every time you wake up in the morning no strokes for kyle <laughs> i think shit. that's legit by the way i hey i'm gonna believe you on that because bill ain't here to check it out and by legit i mean i probably saw it on facebook and it was like an ad for like some stroke awareness thing and 
Yeah, there's like specific things, right? Like to check. What yeah. are the? I don't know. I don't have my phone. What, is, what are the stroke things? Oh, check it out. Like checking to see if you're yeah, having a stroke. Like there's a sign. Like like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like left arm pain. I think there's that heart That's attack. Heart attack. What's the? Yeah, yeah, check it out. Yeah, check it out. Attack. What is it? Because there's got to be something there that I know. <clears throat> I know it exists. I've seen the poster. Dun, dun, dun. Don't mind us. Uh, we can. I'll. I'll cut out the uh, the slowness here. No, don't cut it out. We'll okay, just we'll keep just, talking. Chill. We'll just keep talking. It's all good. It's fast. Face. One side of your face is drooping. Arms are weak. Speech is difficult. And it's time to call an ambulance. Fast. Okay, so say it again. Slow. Face is drooping. Arms are weak. Speech is speech is difficult. Difficult. It's okay. Time to, time to then, act. And, well, this one's all blurry, but. If it would, was not blurry, I could tell you what it says because it's separated to men and women. There's, I know there's like a poster. I saw the poster yeah, yeah. one time. It's hard to take, but I, I'm I'm trying to find like something because I swear to God there's something to do with your tongue, and you're like supposed to stick your tongue out and back. <laughs> well, I, I will look up that. Look up uh, stroke tongue side to side. You're gonna get some fucking. Uh, I want to see what comes up on your phone when you look that up, by the way. Oh, stroke tongue test. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. What kind of stroke? <laughs> oh, my, my potty humor is not resonating with you right now. You're serious. I am. Yeah. Okay, I've just got a bunch of pictures of my tongue or someone's tongue. This is not helpful at all. Google. Okay, well, you're, well, you're looking up your tongue test. So... What I what I saw when I did my WebMDing this morning was um, transient ischemic attack or mini stroke, um, and then it says, uh, "Let's see." A while a stroke will cause permanent brain damage, a transient endemic attack will not cause permanent damage. Main causes are uh, clots lodged in the artery, of the brain. So that might have been what happened to me. Mm. Um, the blockage is temporary, lasts only a couple seconds, um, and uh, a normal stroke can be life-threatening. We know that part. So the signs of um, mini stroke or similar stroke include weakness, numbness, and arm or leg, usually one side of the body, as well as slurred speech. Temporary symptoms can also include blindness in one or both eyes, double vision, dizziness, or loss of coordination, or a sudden severe headache with no known cause. All right. So I found the tongue thing. Okay. So it's not if you can stick it out and move it. It's if you stick it out and it's off to one side when you're trying to stick it out straight. So you've been fucking it up your whole life. Pretty much. I read something wrong <laughs> on Facebook. But so I would imagine like if you're trying to stick it out straight and it's already off to the side. Like this, the wiggle would still be pertinent, wouldn't it? I don't, I, I don't I think it's you, you've seen those old dogs that can't pull their tongue back in their mouth. You ever seen yeah, that? Right, right. Because your face, yeah, you're yeah, like half the, your face or whatever. Their face isn't working right. So it's got to be what that is. So like here's a, the here's the actual good three simple questions to ask. Ask the person to smile. Right, if half their face is drooping, they're not going to be able to smile well on that side. So it'll be obvious. Okay. Uh, ask the person to talk and speak a simple sentence, which I can't do right now, let alone if I had a stroke. Uh, and then raise both your arms. So, yeah, I mean, they're hitting the face and the speech and the arm thing. Yeah, face, speech, arms. Interesting. So, yeah. So I start can, talking and raise your hands when you... I was talking fine. Yeah. There was no issue with my speech that I'm aware of. I should ask Stephanie that. I don't think there was. Um, I think if my speech would have been fucked up, 
maybe would have been a little more cause for concern. Oh, absolutely. Time. You know, if all of a sudden I was like, but next time I just got to stick the tongue out. And if it, if it like, what if your tongue isn't very long though? Like my tongue doesn't stick out very far. So like, how do you know if it goes to one side or not? If it doesn't, Sorry, I just thought of something else. Don't worry. There's, there's no issues with that. The satisfaction exists. <laughs> um, oh, I'm sorry. So funny thing though, it's like I know it's a like I know my tongue doesn't stick out very far. It's called attached. So underneath the bottom of my tongue, there's this yeah. band, right? Well, my band is attached farther, closer to the tip of my tongue, oh, so that's sure, what holds sure, it sure, into sure. my mouth more. My brother had the same exact thing. Brother from another mother, he had the exact same thing, but he had his clipped. You can go and to the doctor and have them cut it so you can stick your tongue out farther. Makes some, sense, right. Some people have it so bad that um, they have it so bad that they have trouble eating, mm. you know, because you can't move food around your mouth or you have trouble speaking. And so I don't know what the fuck made him think about it because I don't remember how old he was. When he has his wisdom teeth out, they just went and they cut it. Yeah, I mean, if they're in there already and you're already out. Right. Yeah, and I've I've heard of people doing it to themselves. Ugh. Like, because your tongue heals super fast. Yeah, it does. And so it's like, it would be super painful, I would think, unless you, like, got some really good numbing shit on there. And then and then it would probably heal up. Because it's like a, I don't know if it's like a tendon. What would that be? What is that? That would make sense if you called it a tendon. I mean, yeah. it, it attaches... The muscle, the to muscle your, to your jaw, yeah. essentially. Your what's the what's the bottom of your mouth called? I don't know. It's some meat down in there, though. Like, yeah. Like there's a like, but it attaches two things. It's a tendon or some yeah thing. Either way, he got his cut. I because I remember he had these stitches in his mouth. Yeah. Um, but I would think so. Like, now, like with tongue stuff, they'll use lasers and it'll just auto cauterize so it doesn't bleed. Like what? Like if you bite your tongue. So I had. Um, I don't know what it was. It was like a little growth on my tongue mm. and it was on the side and I kept biting it. Oh, Every time I'd shit. bite it, it would like grow big and then like shrink back down. Yeah. And so I had uh, some dental work and while they were there, they just shot it up and fucking lasered it off. And I had a hole in my tongue for a while. I had one of those. And then it healed like in a week and a half. They cut mine off. Oh yeah. Yeah. They took a scalpel. Yeah, I got to like dig into it and get like behind it. Yes, yeah, like a root or yeah. some shit. It yeah. was weird as hell. I remember that. It was like when I was, when I was a kid, I was like maybe in middle school and it was like sticking out the front of my tongue when I was a little mm. kid. And, mm-hmm. and and I went to the doctor for it because it was like right in my oh, teeth. Oh, sure. And, uh, and they like scalped it out of there and then they, they froze it. Okay. That's what they did. They froze it. Like a mole or like a. Yeah, like a wart. A wart, yeah. They froze it and then they cut it out. And then they put some stuff on it, and then they're mm. like, "All right, it's gonna be sore for a little bit." It's like, yeah, mine was on the side towards like the back molars. That would suck when you're eating, bro. Yeah, I bit it so many times. Oh, fucking a, that suck. So anyway, after I had my stroke, <laughs> <laughs> um, we uh, uh, everything went back to normal, and, yeah. and I just started laughing about it. I was like, I and it's probably like the way fucking worst thing you could do is laugh about it because it's like obviously something happened to me while i was sitting there right you know um so i I we're sitting there and we're waiting for our food and uh now now i'm like super hyper conscious of shit right 
And Stephanie took a drink for wine, like something in your wine glass. And she's like, you're seeing shit. I'm like, no, look right there. It's on the side of your wine glass. I can see something. And she's like, it's bubbles. Your wine glass is bubbles too. I'm like, whatever. So we're still waiting and fucking waiting and waiting. And you know, when you're sitting there and you're hungry and here's the thing, like, I don't get angry, hangry. I, mm-hmm. I don't really get hangry. Like, I get, like, um, if I'm just hungry, like, I want my food, but I'm not going to be mean to somebody about it. Sure. You know, like, but um, when you're waiting for your food, when I'm waiting for my food, and I see a plate go by, and it's like, motherfuckers. <laughs> you <laughs> they know? They sat down after us. But yeah. It's like, it was, and I'm checking. I'll be like, when did they get here? You know? And then, or when you're so hungry and you turn around and you see a plate coming and you know it's yours and then it just keeps on going mm-hmm. by your table. Uh, it's the worst. So it happened a bunch of times, right? And uh, the waitress comes up and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, it's taking a long time. We we're really back ordered. It's like, okay. And I look over and there's all this shit in the bottom of Stephanie's wine glass. And I was like, I knew it. And they had corked her wine glass. You know, cork wine glasses? No. So, like, when you pull the cork out of the bottle of wine, if you push the corkscrew too far, it pushes pieces of cork down into the bottle, oh, okay. right? So they probably poured the last glass of wine out of the bottle into her glass. Oh, sure. And there was cork remnants in the bottom. So she got another free glass of wine out of it, which is all right. Um, but finally, the lady comes by again, and she's like, I'm really sorry. I'm like, so we've been here for an hour. Dude, we sat there for a fucking solid hour waiting for our food. And we ordered quick. Mm-hmm. We ordered simple. And it was an hour. And uh, when we were looking up at the counter, there's all these to-go boxes, right? And and she's like, well, we got really busy. And I'm looking around. I'm like, it's not that busy in here. But on the way home, I was thinking about it. And it's like... Restaurants are in kind of a weird spot right now because so many people ordering online and right. and delivery and pickup now. So if a restaurant, maybe the seating, maybe like they're allowed to go back to 100% capacity seating, right? Um, but so many people order online and order over the phone now. So let's say you get, you know, a busy night People are driving by, they want some food, and they say, oh, it's not busy in there, we should go in there. So they go and sit down, and they say you're sitting at 50% capacity. Now, the other 50% capacity that would normally be there is now ordering on the phone on top of another percentage of people that are only ordering online now at all. So now they're actually having maybe, maybe as many as twice as many customers in a night as they would normally have, but you can't see it physically because they're not sitting at the tables. You know, so the people that are in the restaurant, I think that what happened is that we sat down for dinner in a restaurant that had six or seven tables, but there was like 30 phone-in orders, right, right? right? So if I walk up to the restaurant door and I see it's fucking packed, I'm going to be like, all right, it's going to take a while for me to get my food. Or... It's or it's like they'll tell you it's a fifteen and half hour, forty five minute wait. So you got to you know ahead of time what what to expect. But if you just go into a restaurant and sit down because there's so many empty tables and they bring you your wine and your and a glass of water, the chefs still got to make all that fucking food for the, all those people. Mm-hmm. So there's got to be this new 
kind of problem that they've got to solve and how to like express to people that I know it looks empty, but we are slammed. Yeah. Like, because it was, I would have been a lot less urgent to get my food if, if my eyes would have seen my, my not blurry eyes, my straight eyes, if they would have seen full tables everywhere. Yeah. I think, I don't know if they're, they have more customers, but I would imagine there's inherent, um, difficulties and a timeliness thing with to goes especially if you're talking like pickups and and well pickups and deliveries right like you're you're set to a schedule almost if you tell someone it'll be ready in 30 minutes it better fucking be ready in 30 minutes because they're driving there to get it and they'll be in that door in 30 minutes if you're sitting down you have a little bit more i guess you're a little bit more at the will of the restaurant the restaurant and so and it's just, yeah, I think to your point, it's just, it's a different operating model. And now that they're getting both people in the door and those online orders, deliveries slash pickups, it's just, it's got to be a hectic time and it's going to. Yeah. Cause those sushi guys, the guys making the sushi. Oh yeah. Well, that's like that one, you were telling me that story before you just followed up with that. I was going to say how many, you know, deliveries are they doing? Cause I bet it's a shit ton. There was a on a Friday night fucking pile of deliveries. Like the whole, like normally you, when you go, when I go to the sushi restaurant, the whole top of the counter is full of those little bamboo trays mm-hmm. with all the sushi on it. Right. It was nothing but to go containers and they were just fucking filling them as fast as they could. Yeah. And it's like, so let's say they did 20 to go orders in the time where I'm waiting for my food. That would have been 20 tables. Yep processed before i even got my order in you right, know right so it's just it's a whole new problem that they're gonna have to figure out because i'm gonna tell you it fucking sucked sitting there for an hour wondering what was going on you know and like if it's just communication from the wait staff so they like they got to tell the wait staff listen everybody needs to know that we're swamped with the orders, so we're looking at a half hour 45 minute mm-hmm. wait before they get their food because i would have been fine with it i would have ordered another glass of wine or whatever sure. you know had had an appetizer maybe some an egg roll or something that would have satiated me in between sitting there. Yeah. But when you show up and you're hungry. Yeah. And I think it really depends on like the size of the restaurant. Like in my initial mind, if I had the size capacity to do it, I would have a specific chef for to go and a specific chef for in-house. That would be super wise. Well, there were five. Right. So I would, I mean, I know what you mean. It's almost designate like someone like you don't touch to goes unless your, your slate is empty, empty. Right. So like, I'll, it'd almost be like a dual kitchen kind of situation. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. So, I mean, I think of even like on a super simple basis, like, um, you ever order from Papa Murphy's? Yeah. Take and bake pizza. Like with to go orders right now, like you order and the hope is that it's sitting there on the little shelf and you grab yours and you bail. Mm-hmm. And you can tell every time when they're sitting there and they're, they've got this listed to go orders and that one person walks in like, Oh, do you have it? Did you order online? No, I still need to order. Like, fuck. Yeah. Stop everything. Okay. What would you like? You know what I mean? Just it, it fucks up their whole system. Well, because their system is so based on to go orders and online orders now since COVID. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Since COVID. And so the last time, Oh, little tidbit for everybody out there. If you have a Papa Murphy's punch card in your wallet or in your purse or somewhere in your desk drawer, every punch you have on that card's worth a buck. 
Oh, interesting. So if like if you um thinking about getting some pizza tonight, maybe you want to save a few bucks, get some Papa Murphy's. However many punches you got, turn that card in because they don't use the cards anymore. No, like, they don't. They they you you sign it's up a rewards it's a rewards thing, thing. Yeah. yeah. So, but every punch is worth a buck, which is pretty sweet. So here's a funny story. I, last time I went to Papa Murphy's, I haven't gone in a while, right? Obviously, because I didn't know about the punch card thing. I had a couple punch cards in my pocket. One of them had seven punches on it. One of them had four punches on it. Right. So I rarely go to Papa Murphy's anymore. So I go in. I pull out the punch card with the seven on it, give it to them, and they're like, oh, we don't take these anymore, but each one's worth a dollar, so it's, hey, it's your lucky day, because we had ordered online. I'm like, sweet. And I had the one with the four, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, should I put that on there, or should I save that for next time? Yeah. You know? I'll save it for next time, I said to myself. So I sat down, because they weren't quite done with my order. And this this dude comes up, and this is... (laughs) Just bear with me here. This dude comes up, and he's ordering his pizza. And I was like, you know what? That fellow looks like he needs four bucks off his pizza. <laughs> so I took my card, and I walked up, and I said, because the, the dude was explaining that the server, the server, Papa Murphy's employee, was was explaining to the other customer the whole punch card thing. And he's like, well, I don't have any punch cards, you know. And he's like, okay. So I said, here, take this, throw these on there. You know, Merry Christmas, or I don't know, said yeah. something stupid like that. He didn't even look at me. Like, the dude was just like, he just took it, and he gave it to the Papa Murphy's guy, and he didn't even look at me. Oh, wow. I just gave the guy four bucks off his pizzas, and it's like, for a second, I was a little offended, because I was like, I mean, I don't know, like, someone gives you four bucks off your meal, you'd at least say, cool, yeah. thanks, man, you know, nothing. He didn't look at me. He didn't like, and it, it wasn't a COVID thing because he wasn't even wearing a mask. So it was like, he, he didn't look at me. He didn't like, it, it didn't say a word. He's just like, he just handed it to huh. the Pop Murphy's guy. And he's like, oh, there you go. Four dollars off. And I'm sitting, you know, like in the Pop Murphy's, it's a galley. Yep. Right. So I'm sitting on the bench at the end of the galley, right next to the fucking door. And the dude walks by with his pizza and he didn't even look at me on the way out the door. Like nothing. It was so weird. Yeah, maybe it was just so weird. That well, skill, I don't know. Then I so, but then I had to like check myself. It's like, okay, you didn't do it because you wanted to get a thank you. You did right. it because you wanted to be kind. Right. So it's like, check your fucking ego for a second, pal. Like it's not that big of a deal. It's like it's not like you know you still didn't do something kind. It was just like you just didn't get a response for it, and that's yeah. okay. But it was weird. It was yeah. It was strange. Someone did that for me. I'd be like, whoa, thanks, man. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it may have not aired yet our episode. I think it was maybe the backlog where it's talking about the wave when you're when you yield to somebody. Oh yeah, con. yeah. I mean, you were expecting the kindness. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I thought that. I thought you don't the get wave to be was, mad. He didn't do it yet. Well, so. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I had to check myself. I was like, you know, it's like, wait a minute. You know, it's not about me. It's like it was. I chose to do what I chose to do, regardless yep. of the reaction. And so I didn't. I know I didn't do it in order to get a reaction. I was just taken aback that there wasn't a reaction because mm-hmm. I, I thought it surprised me that like, you know, that it, it surprised me that not everybody is like me, Kyle. Right. <laughs> just no emotion. Yeah. You ate good last night. Oh yeah. We Wait, cheaped out. What'd you do? Uh, I had Subway. Hey, Subway's <laughs> good though. What did you, what'd you have? Do, do you do a foot long when you do Subway? Usually. Yeah. Yeah. 
I always think of foot long. It's like, oh, yeah, I got to get the foot long. But when I eat the whole thing, it's like, I didn't need that whole thing. That's a lot of sandwich. No, for, I don't think it's, for me, it's not. And I don't get, like, nasty subs. Well, what's a nasty sub? I don't know. Like, all that, well, it's all processed, but, like, I don't know. I just get chicken breast. Mm-hmm. So you get, like, super lean uh no extra sauces and shit. Well, uh, I'll put a strip of sweet onion sauce on it. Okay. So like, I like a sweet onion chicken teriyaki sauce. Okay. But instead of getting like their pre-cut one that's soaked in the sauce, I just yeah. get a chicken breast and they can just do like a line of the... Pre-cut one. Like if you get a sweet onion chicken teriyaki, it's like the chicken is all cut up and it's pre-sauced. Oh, so it's in the bin. Of- it's in that little yeah. bin, those little mean. boats. Yeah. And they just dump it in. That's too saucy. Yeah, too saucy. So I'll get chicken breast, double toasted. I like my bread burnt and double toasted. Yeah, huh? baby. Damn, you go fucking hard. And yeah, load that up with spinach and onions and pickles. I like a good Subway sub. I really do. So like, but yeah, I don't know. See, but I don't get like chips or soda or anything with it. You don't do the chips and the cookie and all no. that shit. Huh? Like I we'll, sometimes we'll get cookies because I do like their cookies, yeah. but not usually because each cookie is like. Did you know each cookie in Subway is like 220 calories? Fuck yeah. Those things are like pure sugar, man, and flour. Yeah. And they're super processed shit. Yeah. yeah. But I mean. There's a reason a, they all look the same. Yeah. That, that, Even it, though they're freshly baked. It's a cookie though. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I don't know any, like, there's some, there's some like healthy cookies out there, but they're mm. rarely good. You know, it's like hard to find a, a like a super healthy cookie. Like if, if I want a cookie. I'm going to have a fucking cookie. Yeah, when I think of like a healthy cookie, I feel like it's break your teeth crunchy. Right, right. Um, there's a, uh, Bella Vita has this thing called a cowboy cookie. Okay. It's got like oatmeal and dark chocolate and um, it's like it's like a meal in a cookie. Yeah. And it's like, that is more like a, I liken that more like a, like a cliff bar kind of. Right. You know, it's like, a, yeah. It's chewy, dense, you know, it's going to sit with you for a while. If I would say anything in my realm of cookies to like that I would eat as a healthy cookie, that would be where it would yeah. fall. Sam made something like that similar, but it was, um, yeah, it, it was exactly that. It was like oatmeal and I think, I don't remember what else was in it, but it was healthier stuff. It wasn't just sugar and then it mm-hmm. wasn't like, it wasn't flour based or anything like that. It oh. was, do you got, do you make cookies? Do you bake? Are you a baker? No. No? Sam makes cookies. Not, not at ask all. too. When you like, how often do you guys bake in the house? Like, have cookies and shit? Uh, not often at all. Like, mm-hmm. so not often that I can't even put a number to it. Okay, maybe like, six times a year. Are you in there stealing the dough? Oh fuck yeah! Fuck man, that's like it's only it's the only reason I want to make cookies now is so I can eat the dough, and then when the cookies are done, it's like ah. Oh. So I mean, full of cookie dough. Got a ache from cookie dough. <laughs> Can't even eat the cookies. I will. I mean, there is a, I'm not a, I like cookies when they're still hot. Oh yeah. When they're soft and chewy. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, like I'll eat a shit ton of cookies that are fresh baked and hot. And then, but once they're not, it's like, mm, I guess I'll warm them up in the microwave. <laughs> oh, I don't ever think about warming cookies up. But after then you, they, they get out. overcooked and they're not. It's like not the same. No, it's not the same as yeah. just fresh out of the oven. Fresh out of the oven cookies are the bomb. The cookie dough before the fresh out of the cookies. Yep, that's the real oven cookies. That's, are the real real, thing. that's where it's really at. My big brother Sean 
back when he was um, in high school, he was uh, he would come home with this big saran wrap, cellophane wrap ball of cookie dough. And he would go to the grocery store, <clears throat> to the bakery, and he would just buy like three pounds of cookie dough oh. and bring it home and put it in the freezer. And he, it was always sugar cookie dough. And then when he wanted some, he would just go in there and break a chunk off <laughs> and just eat it. There you go. It's like, fuck, that's so much butter and sugar as a snack. Like a little frozen. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I suppose it's like having a bowl of ice cream. It's got to be worse than ice cream. I mean, I don't know. Like, it's just butter and I mean, sugar. If, and I know, but if we're saying like a single cookie has like 200 calories, like each tablespoon ball that he's breaking oh. off that thing. Yeah, it's, it's it's just super, yeah. Well, how many calories? Like you think about like the ice cream nowadays. True, it does have a shit ton. There's like caramel and fudge and yeah, cookies and all that shit in it now. Yeah, it's not just vanilla ice cream. No, no, no. You know, like if you're just shooting straight up vanilla ice cream, probably less calories. I would imagine so. Uh, I remember. I forgot what I was doing. You ever go onto a restaurant, like a fast food restaurant? And actually, like, look up their nutritional stuff? Well, if it's on the menu, I'll look at it, but yeah. rarely. But if it's not on the menu? No. So I was curious one day. Shout out to Culver's, because I love me some Culver's. But the caveat being is I went on their website and looked up nutritional information mm. for a fucking regular-sized mint Oreo concrete. Dude, it's like nine hundred calories. Nine? Fuck. It was like eight sixty. I was saying, like I was that. gonna say six. No, it was like eight hundred and sixty or something like that. It was fucking crazy. That's why I don't look that shit up. Yeah. I know when I'm going fast food, I know I'm gonna I'm murdering myself. Yeah. Like I am causing myself some damage when I do fast food, so I don't even wanna look. It's like I've made the decision. You can you can get all your daily calorie needs in one meal. <laughs> fuck in one in one concrete mixer well you need to have more than 900 calories a day well for the the oh you said daily i'm thought yeah. you meant for your whole meal yeah okay so if i can get this right we um we took that trip to san diego yeah right so all of us are, are are um driving back it's um stephanie and i and three of our kids we're driving back from chicago and uh on the way home, we're getting kind of hungry, and we're getting into um, where, where's that? Uh, uh, what town is it? The world's largest Culver's. It's on the way back from Chicago. It's like is oh, it I have Bel no idea. Beloit or Stoughton? Stoughton down there. Largest Culver's. The world's largest Culver's. It's I a, didn't know that was such a thing. It's it is. It's it's just a fucking Culver's, but it's a little bit bigger. Anyway, like there's extra seats. Yeah, it's just bigger. It's yeah. just a bigger building. Um, so we're driving back. Um, and we're like, oh, we should just get some Culver's, right? And it's like, is it even open? Because it was a Sunday. And and it was, I don't know, some kind of, it was Easter. It was Easter okay. Sunday, right? So we're driving back on Easter Sunday. And we're like, is it even open? It's like, I don't know. So we're driving. You can see it from the interstate. And we look, and there's cars in the drive-thru. And there was like two or three cars in the parking lot. Now, the inside looked kind of dark. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say this right now. But there was four or five cars in the drive-thru. And it's like, oh. Maybe they're just open with drive-thru on Easter Sunday. Like, that's possible. We're fucking hungry. So we pull off the interstate. We pull around. We get into the drive-thru behind all these cars, right? 
And these cars pull up. And slowly, one by one, they pull off and go around the corner. It's like, all right, getting their food, they're open. Ah, awesome. So we pull up and we get to the um, ordering station. And there's like six cars behind us now. Mm-hmm. And it says, welcome to Culver's. How, what can we make fresh for you today? And so we start ordering, right? With like this and this and this and then like this and this, you know. And then they're like, is that all? Usually they say, is that all? But nobody said anything. And then we're like, we're waiting for my stepson back to say, what do you want? What do you want? What kind of mi- concrete mixer do you want? Da, 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 da. And we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting. And finally it's like, it's weird that they're not saying anything. Like the screen said, welcome to Culver. No. No. It was a voice. Okay. It was a full-on voice that like it said, welcome to Culver's. What can we make fresh for you today? Okay. And so it's like, that's fucking strange. So we go to pull around the corner, fucking places closed. Like, cause the, <laughs> the, the pickup window is around the corner, right? Yeah. So we go around the corner and nobody's there. And it's like, it has an automated message oh. that like read the car when it pulls up. It says it right away. Right. And so we're like, motherfucker. That's hilarious. So we pull out and we're laughing our asses off, right? Because now there's like 10 people in line. Yeah. I'm like, just we following suit. I'm like, we got to tell these people. Like, I don't, like, I, I would feel bad letting all these fucking people sit there, right? So we pull up to the first car and when I'm like knocking on the window, like, do the window roll down yeah. motion, whatever it is. Like the old one, you know, the old Craig window roll down motion. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing that bit. And uh, um, and the guy rolls down his window like they're close. He's like, yeah, but they just said. And I'm like, yeah, it's a it's an automated message. He's like, seriously? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, ah, okay, thanks. So we get to the next car. We told them next car. Told them get to the fourth car in line. And there's these two people, husband and wife, I'm assuming, and they're laughing, right? And I and I do the the crank window roll down thing, and they and they go, it's closed, huh? <laughs> And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, I knew it. Yeah. She's like, all these people in line. So we told everybody. And then one last car was pulling in as we we're pulling out. And I'm like, should we tell them? It's like, we just told fucking everybody. So let's just go. That poor fucker pulls right up to the oh, thing. Oh, jeez. I saw him roll down the window. He starts talking into the box. And it's just like, oh, fucking A. It was such a. There's got to be. The, the screen should have said, close for Easter. Right. You know, so in so we drive through Sauk to get to my parents' house because um, they live on the other side of Sauk, and so we pass the Culvers, and they have like the big screen that says the flavor of the day, like yeah, the big sign. It said right there, closed for Easter. Oh, okay. See, that didn't have that. Didn't there was there was no big sign uh, at the world's largest Culvers. You should have a big fucking sign. Fucking sign that says close for The world's Easter. biggest fucking Culver's sign. That's what should be at the world's biggest Culver's. Right. So, well, there is that sign. That That's <laughs> how, that's like there. When we pulled out, side note, there's cars in a parking lot. I forgot to mention this. There were people sitting in the grass eating food. Oh, that's confusing. Man. And I was like, oh, see, they got their food. They got their food. They parked over there because the inside's closed. You can't sit down because sure. it's COVID or whatever. So they got their food and they're eating it out in the grass, but it was like some fucking just McDonald's. So someone spent their Easter picnic in a Culver's parking lot yeah. off the interstate, eating yeah. their eating their snacks. You know, Easter is a weird holiday. I suppose it's no different than like Thanksgiving. 
It's the day Christ was risen, right? Isn't that what it is supposed to represent? Yeah, but I was I wasn't implying oh, sorry. Like, the weird holiday as in the reason why. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I was implying like I feel like Easter you know, like Thanksgiving, you, you prep for Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. But everything before that is just like a normal day prepping for dinner. Right. So yeah. Easter, I feel like. Other than football now. Well, fo- sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. But Easter, I feel like, is uh, you do an Easter egg hunt, and then either your family's all about lunch or dinner, but the rest of the day is just fucking Sunday. Do you go to church on Easter though? Like, yeah. What what time does is Easter church? Like nine or ten depends on the church. Okay, so it's the not like an evening Easter church. There might be. I don't know. I, I every time what we've gone, it's been in the morning. So it's like okay, you go to church and then you know we'll go to lunch and then you do like an Easter egg hunt for lunch mm-hmm. and then Easter's over. Like I guess I guess my point is like in Christmas, I feel like it can be a longer day that encompasses like the day like if you have different families let's say you and your spouse like you can split mm-hmm. up the day like oh yeah we'll go here for lunch and here for dinner mm-hmm. and if oh, you yeah. have like kids like yeah we'll do our own thing in the morning so it, it yeah can, but it, it, it's a busy day but it, it encompasses the whole day easter is like yeah we did that one thing and now the rest of the day is just a normal day see i think a lot of families because it's a sunday i could be wrong chime in anybody's listening to this let us know i think that on easter it's more of a day for like people to like enjoy springtime and be outside and grill out and like you do the Easter egg hunt. Everybody comes over. It's like big fucking potluck. Everybody's wearing a fancy dress and you're wearing your clothes that you wear to weddings and funerals. And then and then you just kind of hang out all day with family. That's what yeah. I always picture. Like okay. It's an all day affair of just hanging with family and kids are running around and sure. you get to see your cousins what you haven't seen like and and like all that kind of shit. Sure. And then you want to go home around let's say 4:30 right before dinner where you might want to stop at a culver. Oh no. <laughs> well, it depends on when you eat, I guess, but like holiday eating, like I eat so much on holiday eating. Yeah, like, yeah, I fucking pound the food on holidays. It's such a depends on the holiday. It's such me. an unhealthy like thing that we do with food yeah. right it's so bad because you think about like thanksgiving easter christmas halloween like saint patty's day every fucking holiday is is like built around consuming something yeah right it's like when all that shit started we didn't have mountains of fucking food like they maybe had a like they what they called a feast but it's like maybe like someone brought a loaf of bread, you know. It's like someone brought like a little bit of soup, or I don't know how it all worked back then. Obviously, it wasn't like. But today, it's just mountains of food. Yeah, and I think the quantities are so large. Like you have between even just between uh, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, you have like three months or two and a half months of just pure shit. Where if you're not disciplined. You're going to fuck yourself for the whole year. I mean, think about Halloween. Your kids get a shit ton of Halloween candy. You're not going to let them eat it all. So you literally extend your Halloween candy from Halloween until... Easter. Well, yeah. But even if you're aggressive with it Mm. mid-November, then by mid-November you're in Thanksgiving mode and then Thanksgiving comes and you make all this fucking food and all these pies and desserts and shit like Mm. that. And then you eat Thanksgiving food for the next week because you have all these leftovers and you damn well better 
bet that I'm going to eat every slice of that pie. Yep. That someone made. Right. So for the next week and a half, I'm eating fucking pies. And, and you got three tubs of Cool, mashed, cool Whip in the fridge. Yeah, mashed <laughs> potatoes with a shit ton of butter. Yep. Then, oh, I'll take a break for two weeks. But, oh, guess what? It's Easter or it's Christmas cookie time, so we got to make cookies. Mm-hmm. So now I'm pre-eating all my Christmas cookies. And everywhere you fucking go, there's it's Christmas cookies. Everywhere. Everywhere. People are giving you fucking Christmas shit. And then it's yeah. Christmas time. And then you're eating Christmas dinners with all those desserts and cookies. And then those last because you made 14,000 fucking sugar cookies. No just, wonder everybody is so fucking, their bodies are fucked. You know, it's like, it's, uh, again, it's like you spend two and a half months just destroying. Longer than that. Think about, okay, so I'm going to add to that. Okay. You have football season. How many weekend football games are surround are all about the food? Every fucking Sunday. It's wings, it's grilling, it's brats, yeah. it's beer. Then you got the playoffs and then you got the Super Bowl. All of that's all about food too. Doritos and it's like it's all about the big party and you get together and you drink and you eat and you drink and you eat so yeah from basically like you work hard all fucking spring to get that summer bod rock your summer bod all summer out and hanging out at the lake and doing what you're gonna do but once the fucking sun goes down baby and the temperature changes you're fucked once you put on a sweatshirt yeah well and every time you go to the store holiday food holiday mm-hmm. holiday candies holiday this holiday that it, it's everything is so based around consuming and it just and it's so bad for our bodies yeah you know it's like no there's gotta be, i bet you said at one point it wasn't like this there has to be maybe a co-op between fucking food producers and personal trainers oh <laughs> it's like hey i tell you what i'm gonna let you sell hard for three months, four months, and then you're gonna stop for just a little bit, and I'm gonna let people be new people, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna take what they just destroyed and rebuild it with New Year's resolutions. <laughs> Absolutely, I think trainers, trainers, um, I, yeah, I don't know if it's a conspiracy there, but I it's would, not. I'm I would totally say, fucking joking, but you, I don't know, man. You, you fucking do some research and look it up. No, it's uh, <laughs> no, it's no, fucking no, it's the. Trainers in gyms, I think, absolutely count. Oh, they they count on those people on that in that emergency mindset. They're all fucking hopped up on yep. sugar, and their body feels like shit. And they wake up in the morning, and it's like coming up on New Year's, and it's like okay, after New Year's Eve, New Year, New Me, baby. So they're gonna hit that gym, and they're yeah. gonna start drinking the protein shakes, and they're gonna get a trainer. And the trainer's gonna make them sweat and burn and pain. For the next three to four months till summertime comes and then it's nice outside and it's like, fuck it, I'm doing pretty good. Stop seeing the trainer, stop going to the gym. I don't even think for the majority of people it lasts that long. I bet you get you get like ninety percent of your gym memberships in January. And I bet those people I bet half that ninety percent walk through the door six times. That would be an interesting t- statistic to know. I bet they we do should it have for a gym owner. We should have a gym owner as a guest. We should see if Brandon could come in here. Yeah. You could give us those stats. Yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting to hear his his thoughts because hey, I mean, <clears throat> he's the one benefiting from it. Make hay when the sun shines, right? I mean, and and it's not it's not. I don't think malicious. I don't no. think he's like misleading people. I think he's just taking advantage of a scenario where people are in a mindset. Yeah, I think even and if those individuals can't follow through with it, that's on them. So I think that because the times I've talked to Brandon, uh, he is he has explicitly said. 
I'm here to get people healthier. Yeah. You know, so he tells people, because he told me when I joined the gym down there, he said, I want you to come in here every day. I want you to have a reason to come in here every single day. So I'm going to hopefully provide you services that make you want to be in here, not just give you a space to throw some iron around and then not show up after a while. It's like the classes and the, and like they do outdoor camps they do Mm -hmm. all kinds of different shit at his gym. But the reality still exists that that's the cycle of, of a gym, you know? Oh yeah. You know, so you look at those gyms in big cities I always wondered how the fuck they could do fifteen or ten dollars a month memberships, but if there's four hundred thousand people in a city, yeah, and it's it, like to be fair, I think there's a difference. I think Brandon and what he does is maybe a little bit more engaging than like yeah, that's what I'm saying. Your ten dollar yeah, your ten dollar membership where we just want you to sign up, prepay for the year. Here's the machines; they're available to you. Right, exactly. And then if you want a trainer, it's eighty dollars yeah. a session or right. whatever. But and and you know, I would think that if you had a super cheap membership and really expensive trainers, that would be another way to get people to get more training because it's like, oh fuck, I'm only paying ten bucks a month for my membership. Yeah. You know, it's like other places are a hundred dollars a month, so I'm getting a trainer for free, basically. Whoa. So it's there's I think a lot of different models. But I think Brandon's is designed more to be more engaged pulse fitness, everybody. Just shout out to Pulse Fitness. Good dudes, good people, good ladies, good trainers, awesome staff. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're, they're a good business. Um, give, them, give them some love. Um, but Brandon, he, he makes a point, I believe, to make people want to come in there, to mm-hmm. be diverse in, in the offerings he has, like, They've got that meal plan that mm-hmm. they do. <clears throat> they got the training sessions. They do outdoor camps when it gets nice out. They do like uh, they do a lot of stuff for the firefighters and the EMTs, which is super fucking awesome. So I think, and and you you're probably gonna find that in more small town, smaller town. I mean, Barry was not small small town anymore, but smaller town situations where you're gonna find, I think, more of that focus on caring for the people that are coming yeah, in. Yeah, it's more of a uh, like, um, it's a small time, personally family owned type business model versus like your mass producer. We have 40 location type model. Right. Right. Well, what's the, what's the big one in Madison? Princeton club. Oh yeah. When you drive through and they got those fucking bikes that overlook the highway. Or yeah. Whatever. The walls of glass yeah. and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, and yeah. So I've been in the the Princeton club down there once. And I mean, so the parking lot was maybe 50% full, which seemed like a lot of fucking cars. But when you get into the building, it's huge, such a big place. It's like, it's almost like there's nobody there. Mm -hmm. So if their model is based on capacity to fill the place and they probably got enough memberships, they're probably over capacity if everybody showed up at once, but their parking lot doesn't have enough, spots mm-hmm. for all the all their members to be there at once mm-hmm. right so you know their model is we're going to sell memberships knowing people aren't going to show up yeah so it's uh, fuck how i don't know why we diverge on this yeah, shit neither do i but <laughs> neither do i it, it's fucking fun that's what it is it's like it's interesting it's a little plays with the mind a little bit but well when you talk about you know, we're going to sell memberships. 
even though we can't house them, like I'm thinking like, okay, at the club, you know, if we have 300 active members at this Baraboo site, there's no fucking way we can house 300 members. Is that how many members that are there here? There's less this year with COVID for sure. sure. Prior though? We've had it 300. Yeah. And you know, but if we're only seeing a third of those a day, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're, I, we couldn't handle 300 a day. So logistically, how do you uh, reconcile that? Um, do you, when you're, when you're signing up kids for the club, do you like have a schedule? Do you know, like, the, are they like how many days a week or is it just like, no. So the club is very drop in, um, meaning you become a member and like a gym, it's accessible to you. Um, so we base everything on trends and averages. So for instance, like even with 300 kids, like in a season, let's say numbers don't shift dramatically here. So yep. if our trend is, you know, we're seeing, oh, it's fall and we're seeing 85 regular kids in 20 teens, there's, it's not going to dramatically change like overnight like on a monday we're not going to see 85 and on tuesday we're going to see 40 and then on wednesday we're going to see 160 yeah we don't have those dramatic shifts it's like you have your regulars probably very similar to a gym you know the regulars that are going to be there and then the other kids are it's just an option yeah you know if if like if parents need to they can bring their kids here and then you'll and you'll see kids who you know maybe they're in sports so we're not going to come in back until spring Mm -hmm. when basketball's over or or only summer attendees and things like that. So it's still more it's still beneficial for them to be signed up. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's twenty four dollars for the year. Yeah. So. I mean, how do you you can't twenty four dollars for the year is like I do you ever feel like it's like really like the cheapest daycare in the world? So I hate the term daycare. I know, but I'm saying do you ever feel that way? Do you ever feel like it gets used as super cheap daycare? Because Yeah. I'm not calling it a daycare because I know what you do here is not just like dropping your kids off at some lady's house with a swing set in her backyard. I get that. But there are, I'm sure there are parents that sign kids up for this because it's $24 yeah, a year it's and, they can, and sure. they can drop their kids off and they can hang out and they can have a good time and they don't have to worry about them because there's responsible adults taking care of them. Yeah, for sure. So like you're going to say you hate the term daycare. I do. And cause I'm not a daycare. Right. You're not a daycare. You don't want to be seen as a daycare. No. Right. But, and you guys definitely differentiate yourself from being a daycare. But, yeah, there are people that probably see you, not, oh, not absolutely. Kyle, yeah, but yeah, yeah, like yeah. the club, as a daycare. Right. I mean, or they use it as such even if they don't say the word. It's like, it's the club, but basically the club, for some people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Is, yeah. Drop my kids off. I got to go do something. Yeah, and, I, and honestly, that's probably the majority of families that up until they get into the teenage years, right? Yeah, we're, just, we're a place to take your kids. Like you're not, I would guess, and this is not like surveying our families or anything, but I would assume if you're a nine-year-old and you're coming here, it's because your parent needs you to go somewhere. It's not because your parent is thinking about probably the benefits of all the things we do and what we're trying to do teach and instill right what's the youngest kids you guys take here seven you have to be in first grade you have to be in first grade so, and just and that is purely because of a licensing issue 
So we get this question all the time. Why, why do we have to be seven? I have a kindergartner. Why can't you take a kindergartner? Uh, because we're not a licensed daycare. Right. So that's the difference yeah. between a licensed daycare and you. So, and, and I think that, so daycares are expensive, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the daycares are generally designed for those really young kids, you know, like what, like eight, eight months a year, all the way to say seven or yeah, eight. You can, you can get licensed in different age groups, like zero to one, one to two, two to three, four to six. You know. Right. So at that seven year age range, maybe there's like the, the, the people who set the policies or whatever, the mindset is like, they're at that point where, you know, they are way more self-sufficient. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so they're, they're probably not going to like fall down a flight of stairs or walk into a dark alley. They're not going to do anything that's going to put themselves in danger. So if, if they just can hang out at the club after school for a couple hours until mom or dad gets home, then then it's like it's not a big deal. But if they were three or four, you wouldn't put them in a club with potentially 300 members. Mm-hmm. You know, it would just be a different situation. You yeah, would want right. them to have more one-on-one at a younger age or less numbers per staff. And, and you'd have to. You know, if we if we wanted to accept, let's just say even five-year-olds, we would have to become licensed through the state um, and we would have to have a separate facility or space for those five-year-olds, mm-hmm. and I'd have to have separate staff with separate teaching credentials, and it's it's a whole process. Yeah. So, and there's again, uh, you know, we we call ourselves basically an after-school enrichment program mm-hmm. with a summer program that's attached to it. You know, where we operate all day, and so it's just we try and it, uh, yeah, we're just different. Well, yeah, I'm just I guess my mind, I'm I'm trying to cipher out why it is like what what is it that that prevents or doesn't or 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 pushes people to utilizing your services at the boys and girls club of america in any city it's like so is there a uh financial demographic is there a social Mm -hmm. demographic is there um uh you know like is there a certain point where some people are just like they're eight years old or nine or ten and it's like if I'm going to go to the gym for a few hours or I got to run into work for a half a day, they can hang out at the house. I'm not worried about it. You know, is there what age, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like some people don't want their kids to go to the club. Yeah. You know, and, and what is it that prevents that? Because I mean, your programs are awesome. Your staff is awesome. And, and, and maybe it's like shit's real here. Like yeah. there's, there's enough kids here that like, your kid might hear a bad word or they might see somebody get angry or, you know, they might like experience an emotion that's uncomfortable, you know, where it's like if they're in a very controlled environment, they won't have to deal with that. Yeah. There's I, so people come to the club for all different reasons. I think the affordability is certainly a high point of that or a reason why that is right. Um, And just by nature of that affordability, you could argue that we have a higher, demographic in each club that's maybe on a free and reduced lunch system or sure in, in a different home setting than your traditional two-parent home right mm-hmm. and we but to be fair we have those kids as well we have kids who are two-parent homes and totally financially fine and could afford three hundred dollars a week or whatever daycare sure regulars um so because of that i certainly think you get 
you're exposed to a little bit more here. It's like, as you said, a little bit more real at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you, with that, we maybe get a stigma that we are here for the quote poor kids or that we're here for the quote bad kids. Um, or, or it's for low income families. Yeah. Yeah. And so you maybe have families that are like, ah, well, you don't need, we're not going to send you there. I heard so-and-so goes there and that's a bad kid or something like that. And so I, I just think you get people who are naive to what actually happens. Yeah. It's like, it's like in my mind, I automatically go to that whole public school, private school divide Yeah, where it's like, you know, people are moving out of, uh, public school systems into private school systems because they don't want their kids to be exposed to like bad situations. And we're so insulating of our kids. We're so protective of them, of their, of their not, of their feelings. And I understand why parents want to be protective of their kids' feelings, and I understand that. But it's like I just wish, I use a different word. I would prefer, as as like our human race, as our society, we would be able to see the value in in like being uncomfortable. You know, we talked about with that with Lacey a lot last week. Mm-hmm. Uncomfortable situations are where we learn about ourselves. So if we're comfortable all the fucking time, we never learn anything about ourselves, you know? And so it's like we avoid uncomfortable situations because they make us feel funny, you know? But, but if we're always, remember that movie twins? No. With Arnold Schwarzenegger, Dane DeVito. I've never watched it. Okay. So like, they're supposedly twins, right? And and they were they were made by this scientific experiment, and um, it was only supposed to make one kid, and it was supposed to be the superior human being, superior intellect, physicality, all these things, and that was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. And then Danny DeVito was an, was like, oops, like he was he was like an accident, right? So when when Danny DeVito described, it, he's like he's like. So basically what they did is they made this big sperm milkshake and he says, and I'm the leftover crab. (laughs) (laughs) But Arnold Schwarzenegger in the movie, he grew up on an island with like this perfect dad, right? And he read books on philosophy and he learned how to fight and he learned how to do all these things. But he never was able to apply any of it. Like it was all this knowledge of like the world but he never felt anything. He never applied it. So when he came to the real world and to find his brother, little Danny, um, everything was all fucked up because it was like he didn't know what to think. He didn't know what to feel. He didn't know what it was all about because he'd never really experienced any of it. So if all we do is spend all of our time protecting ourselves from emotion and difficult situations, then like eventually the chickens come home to roost, right? Eventually, like it's going to happen. And when it does, you know, if you if a person doesn't have those skills, those abilities to cope with a difficult situation, they're going to break, right, in a big way, like in a way that's way more traumatic and people can lose their shit. You know, it can put them into a really bad situation where they're now maybe they've, you know, they're mentally unstable because they just don't know what to believe anymore, yeah, you yeah. know. And so I... That's always been my argument for public school systems. And I understand public school systems have their downfalls. But I think most of the downfalls of public school systems and even institutions like this, I mean, you guys got to fundraise the fuck out of it all year, every year to keep operating. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about educating the next generations of our world, of our society. 
why do we have to work so fucking hard to to educate and to help kids grow into be good human beings you know but when when we take when all the people with enough money take their kids to someplace else then i think it's a it's a a double um negative cuz they're limiting the exposure of their kids to what goes on in the real world sometimes they can limit them limit their exposure to things that are really traumatic and difficult but also it's it's taking the kids whose parents don't have the income and it's it's um limiting their ability to have access to really great education and really good guidance and mentorship and 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 um facilities where they can get food and and help them grow as human beings because some of these kids in this club they're going to be leaders mm-hmm. and when they get to that leadership position they're going to be they're going to be the ones that when the shit hits a fan, they're going to be like, oh, I've seen this before. It's going to be okay. You know, what's like, what happens when we get leaders and the shit hits a fan? And they've never seen it before. They don't know what to do. You get fucking dudes like that guy who's running California right now. <laughs> Serious, man. <laughs> it's like, you know, no, no, everybody must go home. Nobody eats in restaurants while I eat in my personal favorite right, restaurant. Exactly. You know, it's like, I think that's what happens. Yeah, there's certainly a validity to... um having experiences and and being exposed maybe it's the wrong word but exposed i'll use to uh to people going through different struggles like you said if you're just insulated in your little pristine world 24 7 and you don't experience real life outside of your bubble Mm -hmm. once you get out of that bubble it's going to be a little kick in the ass yeah i um part of that experience can we shift a little bit yeah man shift away next week baby oh the experience happens <laughs> the experience let's, let's expand on that because it sounds yeah so our camp out is next weekend and i'm getting pumped the uh i've been pumped about this camp out for i know like, we have for like two months um yeah man it's gonna be We've talked about it so many times, but it, it, even just for, for us to unplug, even just, I mean, even yeah. on a very selfish situation, on a very selfish level, I really love taking the phone, setting it aside, being out in the woods, no running water, no electricity, no heat, you know, go to sleep and get up with the sun. Well, we really don't do that, but it's, I just love it. I love no, no, no background noise, no ambient light. It's it's fucking awesome. Yeah. You know, so, good. And no, I was just gonna say I I think it's awesome as well. And with any of these things, there's it's certainly beneficial for us as well. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Not to say that we don't come away from it dog fucking tired and but Yeah, this was Stephanie told me. She's like we were talking about um, me being gone for the weekend for this camp out. And she's like, she's like, so basically you're gone for like three days. I'm like, yeah. I'm not gone for three days. I'm like, we leave on Friday night. We get back on Sunday by noon. She's like, yeah, but you're exhausted. Yeah. Like you don't sleep, right? I'm like, yeah, you're right. I don't sleep. So probably Monday morning is when I'm really <laughs> back. And then I go to work. So that's fair. I think that in a selfish way, there's always got to be, not always, but it certainly helps when people want to go do good 
that it feels good to do good. You know, I think that, um, like people work in a soup kitchen, people who volunteer at the club, people who, people who help people, it feels good to do those things. And I think it's very natural and it's part of the process, but like, if it didn't feel good to like help people, a lot less people would do it. Oh, absolutely. You know, there's, so there is definitely a selfish benefit to it, but I think the reason it feels good for me is because in the process, I learn about myself. Mm. You know, I learn more about who I am in my interactions with these young men, with you, with the other volunteers. I learn um, a little bit more about what I'm made of. I expand my ability to deal with difficult shit. Um, my empathy expands and, and then I can take that expansion and share it with these young men at a, a much earlier age than I was ever exposed yeah, to it. Yeah. And, and just knowing that like I sleep better at night, I feel like I'm making a difference. And if I feel like I'm making a difference, then it motivates me to do more of it. You know? So I think there's a kind of a uh, positive spin on the selfishness of the situation by, by doing that. Yeah. I, yeah. I think um, it really makes me happy knowing that we're doing something that outside of us doing this, the guys we work with would never do something like this. Mm, no. And um, so just the uniqueness of what we can provide as an experience to these young men is it feels really good knowing that we can provide that. And it feels really good knowing that honestly, we're outside of what, us doing it. It's not going to happen for them. And so there's certainly a selfishness there, right? Like I don't want to, take on too big of an assumption that, oh, they're never going to experience the world because they're absolutely going to experience the world. Yeah. But in this specific experience of a camp out, put in the situations they're put in and this growth opportunity, it just feels really good being the people that do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, I think that it's, um, it's also very humbling, right? It's like, as an adult, I feel like there's times when it's like, eh, I know what's going on. Mm -hmm. You know, I got it. I got I got a pretty good grasp on this world shit, you know. But then I look at, like, these kids, and it's just like, eh, maybe not. <laughs> you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe I don't really. It, like, it kind of taps me back into, like, a different way of thinking, a more of an open-mindedness, more of a, like, seeing the world in a new light every single day kind of thing, where... Um, it helps me take things for granted less being exposed to seeing kids the first time they ever build a fire mm -hmm. and being fucking mesmerized. And they feel like they, they want to put on a fucking cape and walk around like they're the king of the world. Cause they built a fire and it's like, I built so many fires in my life, but it's like, there's still this fucking cool thing that I know how to do yeah. that I take for granted, you know? <laughs> So we, this is a tangent. I'm sorry, but I'm going to go there. I'll go it. We talked about that solo stove, right? Yeah. So if you don't, anybody's listening, if you don't know the solo stove, it's just like, 
it's a it's a campfire stove, right? It's like a it's like a fire pit, but it's really fancy. So I call it the apple of fire pits, which kind of pissed Stephanie off a little bit. But it's it's like a boutique fire pit is what it is. That's what we decided on the way home. We're having this discussion in the car. Because she's like, well, what do you think about the stove? And I started laughing about it. She's like, well, I bought it. I'm like, I know you did. Like, I know, like, we bought it. It's good. It's fine. I'm excited. It's going to be interesting, you know. But it's like the shiny shit like that doesn't do as much for me. Mm -hmm. Like, it actually gives me an adverse reaction. Like, it's almost like I know someone's, I feel like someone's selling me a bill of goods. Like, by saying, you know, I'm going to sell you a three, $400 fire pit because it looks really fucking cool. It's like the iPhone versus a flip phone, right? It's like when the iPhones came out, they're super shiny and fancy and they could do all this shit, but my flip phone did the job just fine, you know? So we've been, she's been, Stephanie's been looking at the solo stove online for a while. When she first started talking about it, I was like, mm. I didn't say anything. Cause, and, and when I don't say anything, she knows it means I don't want it. She's like, I don't, she knows, you know, she just knows. It's like, if I don't talk, if she like talks about something super exciting and I don't say anything about it, she's like, ah, oh, he doesn't want it. You know, I know she knows that. Um, and, uh, and it is, it's cause I think it's kind of absurd a little bit, you know, it's like, um, it's like glamping, you know, it's, you know, glamping is no glamping is like, it's called, it's like glam, glamorous camping. Okay. So it's like, they uh, glamping. They yeah, put up a big wall yeah, tent, yeah, yeah, yeah. feather beds. I know exactly what you're talking about. I just didn't know there was a phrase called yeah, glamping. Glamping, yeah. So, um, we get this three hundred and fifty dollar fire pit home. Now, here's the other thing. I got. I got to preface this. Like a, a month ago, I wanted a fire pit for out in our back patio, mm-hmm. right? And I went to Menards. I got a fire pit for sixty nine bucks. It burns wood really fucking good, <laughs> and and it's like it's a it's a fire pit. Yeah, you know it's like it's okay. It's 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 done. This is n- this is like the Uber fire pit. Yeah. So we get it home, and on the way home, she's like reading the instructions on how to like how to use the sure. solo stove, sure. right? And she's like, she's reading them. She's like, first you place four to five pieces of small chunk wood in the bottom, approximately one and a half to two inches above the base. And then you place your tinder inside the chunk wood, and then you be- begin to light the fire. And as the flames increase, you put in slivers of, of wood. I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> it's like, it's like this is a boutique fire pit. Yeah. It's like this is for people who don't make fires. Right. But it looks really fucking cool, so they want to make fires now because they can make a really cool fire. They can be like, they can talk about their cool new fire pit. And everybody can come over and drink wine around their new fire pit because it's really fancy, but they don't make fucking fires, right? So there's this huge long process on how to make a fire in this fire pit. And it's just making a fire. Mm -hmm. But I just had to try to envision, okay, so where does somebody who doesn't own an axe or a chainsaw or anything like that, and they go to the gas station to get a load of firewood, and uh, in the pictures, the chunk of wood... It's like a four inch by four inch square of wood. Mm. What is the person going to go find a chunk of wood? Are they going to take their, their bread knife and start sawing on a piece <laughs> of fucking firewood? How are they going to get a chunk of wood? Like I, I'm, this is going through my, my mind of someone who doesn't build fires. Trying to I, do try, it exactly like the yeah, instructions exactly are telling like you. Exactly like the yeah. instructions are telling you. And so um, we get home and, and Stephanie, to her credit, she's like, you know what? 
you're kind of taking my buzz out of this a little bit. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, I know you're excited about this. Cause I did. She was excited about it. It's like, um, but like, there's this little, I don't know, little devil on my shoulder. <laughs> it's like, it's like, but the only reason you're excited about it is cause it looks fucking cool. Like it's new and it's shiny and it's fancy and it looks cool. So it's exciting. Like that's shiny shit is, you know, it's it like, looks cool, but isn't it? I mean, it's supposed to have features. Like, doesn't it double burn the smoke or something? It has a reburn. Yeah. So, technologically, like, it's like the iPhone to the flip phone for a fire pit. It's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. You know, so the base has... <clears throat> I, 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 I was talking to Stefan about it last night after we, after we lit the fire and it's going. And you can actually see the reburn. Okay. Um, it's, uh, I, I'm like, I wonder how many prototypes they had to make to make this perfectly measured... The, the size of the hole, the spacing of the holes mm-hmm. to draw that. So it draws the air in from the bottom of the fire pit. So um, it sits on a rim and then it sucks it up. And there's a, there's like, I don't know, 200 holes right at the base and it sucks the air through. So that's the cold air coming through the bottom and pushing through the top. And then you get your fire going and you put this little ring on the top of the fire pit. Once you've got your fire going and Without the ring, it was just like a regular fire pit. Okay. Burning flames going straight up. You put the ring on, and the ring only reduced the diameter of the hole maybe, <clears throat> it's probably two inches all the way around, so a four-inch reduction in diameter. Okay. And it's got a little curve to it. Changed the way the fire burned completely. Completely. It was, you could, it, it like, it, you could see the flames roll as opposed to just shooting straight up. Mm-hmm. They rolled inside the fire pit. And as long as you don't build the fire higher than the upper vent holes on the on the inside of the fire pit, it has this nice slow roll. It's got good heat. It doesn't, I mean, now to be fair, we built the fire with like kiln-dried trim wood I had in my basement that was scraps. And you didn't use four-inch chunks? I didn't use four-inch chunks because what a funny thing, I didn't have any four-inch <laughs> chunks laying around. Um, and then the the wood we had burned was super dry. Sure. It was perfect. Every component of the building that fire was absolutely perfect situation. If you're using wet wood, I don't know what it would act like. I'm curious to see down the road how it burns with wet wood. But we sat outside around the fire, and it was a perfect fire. Had really nice burn, and so I'm. Oh, I open up the instructions on like how to care for this thing, right? And there's like ten times it tells you, don't use this inside. Don't put it in your living room. Don't put it on a boat. Don't put it in your camper. And it's like, oh, this thing is so pretty that I could see people going, oh, we should just put this in the living room. Mm. You know, this people is super, have fireplaces. Yeah, exactly. We could do that. It's not a big deal. You know, I could see it very easily because it's so it's a, it's an it's like an apple product. Yeah. It's really pleasing to the eye. Like the the it's a perfect circle. It's very shiny. It's stainless steel. It's got all these features on it that are so pleasing. You know, and she's like, people wouldn't stick this in the living room. I'm like, fucking bet they would. They'd turn it into a coffee table. I could see someone putting a piece of glass on top of this and being not well, it's burning obviously, but like, it's a cool looking piece. It looks mm-hmm. like a piece of art, you know? And so it's like, put a piece of glass on it. You got yourself a little coffee table right there. And then, you know, I could see it. I could see people doing that. And for 350 fucking dollars, it better be a dual purpose, <laughs> <laughs> but it, I could see it. Yeah. And so right. we're sitting there on the fire and she's like, okay, 
I could see somebody wanting to bring this inside because she was like watching it. And she's like, yeah, I could see that. I could see somebody being like, oh, this would be so cool if it was like, say you got a little apartment and you get a little patio outside the back door, you know, but it's like a wood patio. And, and it's like, you just put it on there. Yeah. You know, why not? It's fucking cool looking, man. You know, you don't want to stick it out in the mud and the dirt. You might get it dirty. So like you can't get it wet. Like you're not supposed to get it rained on or snowed on. So every really? time you're done with it, you got to dump it out, wipe it out Ugh. and put it in the bag. Right. I know. That's what you see. That's the thing with really expensive things. They require a lot more maintenance. Yeah, that just already killed it. Right. So it's stainless, but of course, when it when it gets heated up really it's hot gonna enough times, it's going to patina. But it also, it will it will eventually, if it stays wet long enough, it'll rust. Okay. You know, stainless is great if you keep it really clean and polished and everything all the time. But eventually, it's still going to rust. Yeah, I got to take a little break. All right. Yeah, we'll take a break. Come back. Hey, we're back. We are back. Welcome back motherfuckers so you lit a fire in your camp your new fire pit so it yeah. went well it was it was it did it went well um i will say did you clean it out yet fuck no come on man so here's the thing this is this little devil on my shoulder but i'm not cleaning it out no? <laughs> my fire pit my 69 dollars <laughs> fire pit is sitting right next to the fence and there's there's a couple of big old logs in there and it's just waiting yeah i don't need to do anything with it so it, it's kind of passive aggressive. I, I understand this, but I also understand that like there's a point of I never I didn't I, I didn't want uh, here's the thing. I'll probably clean it out at some point. I'll be the one that has to clean it right. out because I'm sure since how like we spent the money on it as a as a agreed upon decision that we we're going to buy this thing that I'm not going to let a three hundred and right, whatever dollar like, fire pit go to shit. Sure, but. I don't want to clean it out because I didn't want the fucking thing in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, love, I love my wife. She, it was her baby. She really wanted this. I didn't want it. I didn't see a point in it personally. You know, it's fucking cool. And it's a nice fire. So, like, it's enjoyable. But I enjoy my other fire pit, too. And I don't have to clean it out. It's got a cover on it. I put a lid on it. There's two pieces of wood in my other fire pit. And I've got a solid cover on it. Them motherfuckers have been out in every rainstorm we've had so far, which hasn't been many, but it's been some. They never got wet, ever. So it's like, what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, yeah, that's all I'm saying. So the little guy on my shoulder is like, you don't need to clean that motherfucker out. Nope. You don't want that thing. Right. That wasn't your problem. So, so then it's like the onus is on her to clean it out, right? Because it was like she wanted it, but it's I, I know I will. I know I will because it's like I just will. But there's there's part of me, the little edgy part, that's like, fuck that. I don't want to clean it. <laughs> I have I have I have faith in Steph. She's gonna do it. I we'll I we'll see. I I feel like uh I feel like there'll there's there'll be a time. I and I think she'll she'll clean it out. I'm not saying she won't, but I I'm sure there'll be a time we have a fire and then like Yeah. Next day she'll go somewhere, whatever, and then it's gonna rain and I'll be like, oh, fucking fire pit so i'll go clean it up yeah it's interesting with anything that we get that's new like pending on your like you're you do everything right but only for so long right and then yeah. it's just kind of like yeah it falls off to the wayside and i got other things i'm working on well see that's the thing that's why i want the 69 dollars fire pit yeah because because that's the way i operate it's like it's like if i buy something that i know requires a, a lot of 
tender loving care, I'm busy and I'm busy by choice. Like mm-hmm. I like to do a lot of shit and I know that if I like to do a lot of shit and then I have all these extra responsibilities for caring for something like a fire pit that is like on a level of priority in my life is very fucking low. I don't want to do that. Sure. I don't, I don't want to take the extra hour it takes to not only like take it out of the bag Open it up, set it up, do all the things, and then when it's all done, go outside, tip it over, clean it out, wipe it out, put it back in the bag, put it out out of the yeah. weather. Like I don't want to do that. No, it's a lot of work. So for with for a sixty nine dollar fire pit, that thing will can weather and rust and sit out in the in the rain and the cold and the snow for two or three years, four years, whatever. Fine. I don't care, you know. It's like $69, it's all steel. When I'm done with it, I can recycle it. Mm-hmm. You know, for $350, it's like, it's like, um, oh, this is what I was thinking when we were sitting there. It's like the Yeti of fire pits Okay, is what it is. It's like, so we've got a Yeti cooler. Yeah. You know, when we went on our big road trip, we bought a Yeti cooler because we didn't have a refrigerator in our RV. So we wanted something that kept stuff cold for a long time. And, and we didn't want to like have a cheap ass cooler that's going to fall apart on us on our trip so we bought this yeti cooler now it's so fucking heavy it's such a heavy cooler and the capacity is very limited on the inside Mm -hmm. because of how thick the walls are right it's a badass cooler fucking killer right but it's kind of a pain in the ass to use yeah i mean to be perfectly honest it is it's like i can grab one of them coleman fuckers pick it up and it weighs like what five ten pounds throw it back not the truck. Even. yeah and at the same time there's a piece of me that has a hard time with that because i know it's a piece of shit and it's going to break and it's plastic yeah so it's going to go in some landfill somewhere so i think ultimately that's what made me want to buy the yeti was all those reasons i just listed and that it, it if I so choose, it'll last me the rest of my life. Oh, absolutely. Like, I'll never have to buy another cooler like that. But I have another one of those Coleman coolers yeah, in my I, basement. Of course. And, of course. and it's like, if I'm going to go on to take a quick fucking trip out on the boat, yep, I'm going to grab that, that light motherfucker. Right, because it only has to do with the job. It It's the tool for the job. So I had a cheap Coleman, and I think... I don't remember what year it was into our camping trip. Uh, I had a, we had that cheap cooler and you brought your Yeti and I had put mine out on the fucking deck and drain it out every like morning and night. And it was just, it didn't hold ice. And so last year I bought the knockoff Yeti. I think it's a lifetime. Is it Arctic? No, it was was lifetime. Lifetime. Walmart special. Oh, okay. But it, I knew it wasn't a Yeti quality but it still had at least insulated things where I needed it to last three days for a camp out instead of, you know, eight hours. Right. So, but to your point, even not being a Yeti and being smaller, that thing's kind of a fucking pain in the ass to use. So there's certainly a purpose to have your fishing cooler that, eh, you know, it's going to hold a couple sandwiches and a fucking sixer, sixer, but it only needs to last me, you know, six hours on a windy day. Right. So, yeah, it's it. I I really like that. That it's a tool for the job. That yeah. makes that makes it. It makes a lot of sense saying it that way. It's and it's like, not like you're. It's not to take the investment of the yeti 
in vain because you're not investing in a Coleman cooler. What's that thing cost you? Twenty bucks? Right. New? Yeah, you're not. It's not an investment. But so yeah, the to to the point of the fire pit because I was thinking about this last night. That fucking fire pit, if taken care of, will last me my whole life. Yeah, or Stephanie her whole life, or, or whatever. Now, in that, if I took my $69 fire pit and every single time I finished with it, I cleaned it out, took it out of the weather, that fucker would last a long time too. Yeah, it would. It yep. really would. If, if the Coleman cooler, if every time I finished using it, cleaned it out so it didn't get all funky inside and didn't bang it around and toss it like a five-pound cooler like I would like I'd do it with a Yeti, it's like that thing would probably last me a lot longer too. Yeah. So, but it's the, the use of it, and this is where the, so I, the fire pit last night, the solo, the solo stove, we probably used maybe 25% less wood. Okay. Maybe 50% less wood in the fire that we made. Now, granted, we had a low flame. Because it was just the two of us. There wasn't a bunch of people standing around it. Um, so I could see pumping it up a little bit more if there's a bunch of people standing around because you're not all going to be so close to it. But um, we use definitely less wood than I use in the other fire pit. The other fire pit is more of just an open air, boom, burning mm -hmm. hot, mm -hmm. right? You know, but you go through more wood. So there's an efficiency point, which is the same as a Yeti yeah, with the ice. ice. Right. It's the same thing. It's an efficiency point. Um so it's just next level. It is, but there's also a, um, I think, again, I don't see anything wrong, especially based on the cost of things like this, to have two of them for different purposes. Going back to the cooler, and maybe it's a little different with the cooler because the Yeti's supposed to be indestructible, but I'm thinking like luxury car versus F-150. Like you're not afraid to put your F-150 through certain things, if it gets a scratch, it gets a scratch or whatever. Right. Yeah. If you have a fucking $120 Range Rover, you're not going to... Yeah, $120,000, <laughs> sorry. Range Rover, you're not going to go trail that thing unless you really have disposable income because you're afraid to get a scratch on it. Right. With your solo campfire, I mean, you don't want to get a ding in it, that stainless rim around it, but your $69 one, like, yeah, we're just going to toss the wood in there and watch her fucking burn. Yeah. And so... With a Coleman cooler, like that thing's light. Like if it if I'm out boating and it flies out, fuck. But okay. it's not detrimental. No, I'm not saying litter here. But no, no, no. no I know what you're saying. I'm just saying. So, so there's two arguments in that that just popped into my mind. One of them is like, okay, so having that really expensive thing causes some anxiety, right? Yeah, which it shouldn't. It shouldn't, right? It causes anxiety because you're like, I don't want to scratch my fancy car. I don't want to dent my fancy stove because then it's it's like a really expensive thing and I got to take really good care of it. And if it goes bad, then I feel bad. And it's like all those things. I'm having anxiety over this fancy thing, right? But the balance of that is like if, if you can manage not being anxious and just operate with more intention and not let it make you anxious – well, then you're being more focused and more intentional in your actions and what you're doing with your time. So I could see someone arguing like, well, what's the what's so bad about taking care of something? What's so bad about taking the extra time to to like maintain the life of something and being intentional and slowing down and not being in such a fucking hurry and all those things, which I can see. I could get behind that argument. Mm -hmm. 
But at the same time, it's like if I if I have a sixty nine dollar fire pit or a three hundred fifty dollar fire pit, it's like I'm not gonna worry about the sixty nine dollar fire pit. I'm not gonna fucking care if let's say I'm gonna go camping or I'm gonna go to a buddy's house and he doesn't have a fire pit. I'm gonna throw my sixty nine dollar fire pit in the back of my truck and and if it like we get to the place where we're taking it to, I open up the bed of my truck and it falls out and hits the ground. I'm not going to fucking care. I'm going to pick it up and set it up. Mm-hmm. But if it's that $350 solo stove, that motherfucker might not even ride in the back of my truck. <laughs> That's going to sit in the passenger, passenger seat, seat with the seatbelt on. <laughs> it's like, make sure those airbags are on too, because I don't want that fucker breaking. There's, it's all about, uh, um, perception, right? Yeah. Uh, with all the shit we have. It's all about perception and how we choose to use and and see and, and and integrate the things we have in our life. You know, it's like this is a really nice car. It's a really nice phone. It's a, like a it's a thousand dollar iPhone. You know, versus a, a you know two hundred dollar flip phone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's all the things we have. And it, yeah, it's we've talked about it before where like the things that give us anxiety, you know, 20 different kinds of peanut butter when we could choose from two. There are all these things we, we have options on whether we feel anxious or not, you know, so you got to hack. It's easy. I don't think about it. So this is what I do. I buy the $60, $69 fire pit. So I don't have to deal with the anxiety of having a $350 fire pit. Right. I buy the F one fifty. Now, granted, I've got a nice truck, but it's got fucking dents and scratches in it already. It's a truck. I let go of that so I don't have to feel the anxiety of it because I don't want that messing with my life. Mm-hmm. I don't want it stuck in my head. So I intentionally do things and make choices in my life to not have to deal with the anxiety of it. Um, yeah, and I think in a general sense, like obviously different dollar amounts and the anxiety that comes with that varies to different people. Right, like someone might be like a three hundred fifty dollar fire pit. That's nothing. That's a drop in the bucket. I make that in an hour. To Elon Musk. Yeah, and so whatever. It's just it, so it, it's treated differently. But how many people miss out on something or purposely don't do something because of the anxiety of hurting or ruining something that they spent money on? You know what I mean? Like uh, your wood stove. How many people would be like, oh, I don't even know if I want to put a fire in there. That thing's really nice. We spent a lot of money on it. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like it's like people who buy a really nice gun and never shoot it. Yeah. You know, it's like there are people who just collect really nice fucking guns and never want to fire it because they don't want to tarnish it at all. You know, I thought you were going to go a different direction with that. Oh, which way? I thought you were going to say, what about people who never choose to spend the money on the things and have the experiences for the fear of the anxiety? Oh. So, like, So, like, I would... Personally, I would have never purchased that stove. But sitting there last night outside the fire, for, I mean, granted, a short period of time, watching it burn, um, the, the, the double combustion chamber and the, the um, engineering, mm-hmm. and I, I appreciated that. I appreciated the visuals of seeing how it worked. And, and maybe I would have, at some point in my life, someone else would have bought one and I would have seen it at their place or I could have watched a video of it. But it's like, there's a piece of that that I probably wouldn't have experienced. Now it wasn't super impactful for me because I, I, 
kind of had an understanding how it worked before we brought right, it. Right. But there's a level of that where it's like there are experiences that we uh, that we void of ourselves. We void ourselves from because we don't want to experience the anxiety, and that can be detrimental as well. You know, things that we choose not to do. Like I went skydiving. You know, it's like it was expensive as fuck to go skydiving. And some people would be like, fuck that. I can't, I don't even, it's not that important to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, the anxiety of doing that would be way more than I would ever want to deal with. So I'm not going to do it. So I think that there's two sides of that coin and, and I can appreciate both sides of it. And it, at the end of the day, it's all, it's all personal choice, right? Yeah, it's autonomy, absolutely. you know? So it's like Stephanie really wanted the solo stove. It was really like a thing. She really wanted to have that experience. Now, how often are we going to have that experience? I don't know. That'll be the test of time to see how often she wants to start up that fire. Because there's going to be times maybe she'll want to start a fire and I don't. Is she going to want to start a fire just because <laughs> she spent the money on the fire pit, even though right. if I don't want to be out there yeah, or I'm going to be gone? So I guess that's the other part of it too, is like <clears throat> when you spend a lot of money on something, you have a tendency to want to use it. Yeah. Right. And then you feel guilty when you don't. Right. So... It's just if, sitting there. If it's something that, like, so that $69 fire pit, you know how many times I use that bitch? One fucking time. And you know what? I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> I can look out there and be like, there's my fire pit. See ya. I'm going out. You know, it's True. like, True. it's easy. It's easy for me to walk by it and not feel bad that I'm not using it. Mm-hmm. Now, how easy is it going to be to walk by the solo stove and not feel bad? You know, it's like, there's a reason that $299 bread maker that everybody fucking bought is in the deepest, darkest corner of people's basements because they don't want to look at it because it feels bad that they spent all that money on it that they used twice, couldn't figure out how to make a loaf of bread and put it away <laughs> back in the box. You know, it's like... Yeah, it. we buy so much stuff with no idea on if it's even going to get used. I'm guilty of it. I have a fucking... I don't even remember what I paid for it. Boat motor sitting in my garage, along with a John boat that was my wife's dad's. You know how many times I've taken that boat out in the last mm, three years? How many times? Zero. Not one. Not how in much the last you, three years. How much did you spend on the boat motor? Like 700 bucks. Yeah. So when you walk by it, how does it feel? Do you ever notice it anymore? Or what, like maybe... I started every month <laughs> once a month you start it do you have the little cup things for the yeah, water yeah yeah you have to Duh. um so how's it feel when you walk by it like i want to sell the fucking thing because it bothers you yeah and i know i'm not going to get the boat out yeah. i know i'm not getting that boat out yeah i'm way too busy and it's not a priority so how many things do we in our lives so here's the thing this is this is my philosophy and i and it's like it's not 100 percent. i'm not fucking like this is what i do all the fucking time i'm not trying to preach to people this is just the way i try to keep my mindset is like, if I'm going to spend a lot of money on something, it's, I want it to be something I'm going to be fucking using a mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like sunglasses, right? I I don't spend a lot of money on sunglasses. First off, because a lot of times they just sit in my car. Second off, because they're, I break them a lot. It's like, but like, if it's if it's something, maybe the sunglasses is a shitty fucking example. <laughs> it's like uh. uh headphones or earbuds or something like that so i've got those aftershocks headphones right yeah so they're 129 dollars. okay i could buy 
a pair of wired plug your ear headphones in for for like seven bucks at Walgreens. But I'm gonna use them fuckers. I use them all the time. Yeah, every single day. So I'm gonna spend the money on my work boots. I spend a lot of money on my work boots because I'm in them all the time. It's that's where I want to spend my big dollars. If it's something that's going to be kind of fun, but I'm not going to use it very often, I'm okay with having a little shittier version of it, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's like, I don't want to feel bad walking by it. My motorcycle, I used to have a motorcycle that was a great bike. It was a great bike. And it got to a point where like, there's a weird time. And it's like, so people who ride a lot are going to say this is wrong. And for them, I get it because it's their passion. But it's like, there's a weird time. Like when your kids are a little bit younger and, um, like the, not so young that they that like they're babies, but not so old that they, they want to do all the stuff with you. There's like a window yeah, where it's like, I could go for a ride. I'd be like, hey guys, I'm going to go for a ride. I'll be back in an hour, you know, watch some SpongeBob or something, you know, it's like, or whatever. Then, then they get a little bit older and you're going to soccer games and you're doing like musicals at school and you're more busy. You got more shit going on. My bike, it, when I, my kids hit that age, it just sat in my garage. Yeah. Just sat there. And every fucking time I walked by that bike is like, ah, oh, just like punch me in the gut. Yeah. I hated, hated the feeling. It's like, what's the point of spending all that money on something that's just fucking sitting there? It's like, I'd rather have a shitty little bike. Doesn't even have to be little, but like a, a bike you spend maybe a thousand bucks on. Maybe it doesn't run the greatest or whatever, but if you want to take a little spin, you know, you can hop on it and take mm-hmm. a spin. You charge a battery and go. And it's like it doesn't look the coolest, it doesn't sound the coolest, but it's like it's still fun. You know, I'd rather do that because I don't feel bad about it. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah, I used to have the moped, and that was the same mindset as we. I got this stupid fucking moped sitting here, and uh, it's a pain in the ass to drive. Like I, when I go places, I need to take stuff with me, and it's really difficult to do on a moped, even yep. with a backpack, and it's just. When you don't drive it, you feel guilty, and then it just sits there, and you're like, "Fuck." So it's that, it's that can, it's the it's the decision, I think, that some people can make, and it's like I'm not that person, I don't believe anyway, that if if um if I buy something that's really expensive, and if I don't use it, I'm okay with it. It's like I've, it, I think the the decision has to be made for me, right when I buy it. I got to yeah. know right when I buy it, I'm buying this purely because I think it's going to be fun. And if I don't use it, I'm going to be okay with that. Yeah. I think I've never, I think had that conscious decision because every time I've bought something, I think it's been with the intention of using it. Sure. Like the intention is probably there. Like that John boat, I've redoing the John boat. It used to have an, an old deck on the front, like to mimic a bass boat or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm redoing it. Well, I've been redoing it for years. Mm-hmm. And it just hasn't been a priority, but I've put time and money into it. Yeah. And even when it's done, I'm not going to fucking use it. <laughs> and that sucks. Even though I had the intention, like when I started the process, I was all in and it just drug on and I'm like, eh, I'm not going to do this anymore. So can you make the decision right now to say, okay, I'm going to flip the switch on this. I know my boys are going to be older three to five years from now. If this John boat's done, I've got a nice motor. It's, I'm going to be done tinkering with it and getting it ready. I can take my boys fishing. So if you can set the intention right now that three to five years from now, when my boys are old enough to be on the boat with me for a few hours at a crack, we're going to go fishing. Like I think that 
if we can mentally make that call, then we can justify it without feeling the anxiety because there's a goal in mind. And yeah, but my problem is like that's obviously the goal, and that's why it's still sitting in my garage because that's what my wife's goal is too. But I just I have a different uh, expectation. Isn't the word like I just I'm there's a confidence here that it's not going to happen that way. It's just not going to happen that way. And is it worth sitting in a garage? for another three to four to five years with an intention that may or may not happen, but probably won't happen because life gets busy. Mm -hmm, it does, but it's all mindset, right? Like if, if, so here's a scenario. This is, and this is something I've witnessed a lot. So you ever going to buy, say you're going to go buy a boat from somebody, right? And say the person you're buying the boat from, they fucking love this boat. Maybe they never fucking use it either. Maybe it's been sitting in their garage for three years, but they fixed it up. They've loved on it. They appreciate it. And in their mindset, they're always still going to use a boat. It's like they've, they've, got, they've made the decision. So when they walk by the boat, they don't feel bad about the boat. Mm -hmm. When they sell that boat, they're going to get more money for that boat than somebody who's selling it that's trying to get rid of it because oh, every yeah. time they walk by it, there's, there's like a, a, a negative feeling around it, right? They're yeah. going to be like, oh, whatever. It's like I just need to get rid of this fucking boat because it's driving me crazy. So how do you make that switch mentally to that more positive more proactive like uh not anxious not anxiety ridden mindset to like flip the switch on it to just truly sit with it appreciate it for what it is even if you don't use it and then and then own it and then when you're ready to let go of it let go of it with all the same intentions and sh and share those passions and those feelings about it that you had when you first bought it with the person that buys it or you give it to somebody or, or whatever. Because I think to be able to switch to that mindset is like the fucking key, right? Like without the anxiety, like I got a buddy of mine. He's the most positive fucking guy I've ever met in my life. Every si every single time I see this guy, he is like fucking just happy as, I don't even get it. I don't know how he's so happy. He's dealt with some serious fucking shit in his like divorce and, and like, uh, family trauma and, and like he's dealt with cancer and all this crazy shit and he's the happiest motherfucker in the world mm -hmm. and it's like that's he's the guy that walks by the boat like that's a fucking great boat right there look at that fucking boat <laughs> look at that you know what I made that fucking deck on that boat it might have been five years ago but it still looks good he's like that's that's my fucking boat and it's like what you want a boat you can't afford my boat you know, and it's just like, there's a mindset. Yeah, you know? I agree. So, so where's, how do you do the switch? I don't know. Or do you want to? Like, well, and so like we would never sell the boat. It was my, it's my right. wife's dad's boat. I know she wouldn't, she would never sell it anyways. And I'm not suggesting that like my biggest, my biggest struggle with it is that we have a small garage already and it takes up half a garage. Yeah. Like if I had the space for it. If I had a fucking barn and it just sat in a barn, I mean, I didn't pay for it. Mm -hmm. it and it's, it has some heritage or some meaning to it. Fine. I can sit there. Yeah. It's going to go to hell sitting there, but it, it can sit there. It's out of my way at least. Unless you go out there and touch it up every now and then. Yeah. But in, so the fact that it's just in my face every day and it's like, yeah, that's there. Yeah. Like I had to build a fucking garage storage system around that so that my wife could park in the garage still and open both sides of her doors. And you get a park outside. Oh, I've, yeah. Yeah. Because the boat. Uh, I don't think our garage would be big enough, even if we didn't have oh, the boat in there. Okay. 
So we but can't blame to, that on the boat. But I have to Tetris everything. Mm-hmm. The boat's tucked into a corner. My snowblower is in the side where the boat tongue is. And then I have to back my lawnmower in front of the boat in order to get my kids' toys. Do you have a rider? I do. I didn't know that. I bought it two years ago. How big is your yard? I don't know, like a third of an acre. Okay. I totally do not need a rider. <laughs> and I still have to have, like our ditch is so steep, I still have to have a push. So you have to have two lawnmowers. I have to push the ditch, and then I ride the rest. What made you pull the trigger on the rider? Um, I, We've never had one. I've always pushed. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't know. It became... Like, I've gone through different mindsets in the yard, right? Like, yeah. as a young adult, and I'm sure my mindset's going to change again. Like, when we were living in Appleton, we had the same size yard, roughly. But we didn't have kids or anything, so it's like, yeah, I'm going to mow and, you know, relax, and I'll go walk around and get some exercise. And we moved into our house. It's like, yeah, I'm going to mow and relax, and I'll push it around a bit. And then we had Lincoln, and I'm like, I don't, like, our yard was getting long, dude. I'm like, I don't have time to fucking mow this thing. Yeah. And, uh. And then, like, it was getting kind of ridiculously long where my push was, like, struggling to yeah. cut it. It was so long. I'm like, fuck. And I've wanted a rider for a while, so then I eventually pulled now, the trigger. Question. Yeah. On your rider, do you still let the line get as long as you did with the push? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it still does? Sometimes. As often, or is it? La- last year, yeah. It was okay. just as often. <laughs> Cause it's like, I had to rake more. My my question is, I guess where it's to go, where I'm going is like, is like because you have the rider and it's more enjoyable to mow the grass. No, 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 no. You you, you uh, mow it more often. So when I was saying my mindset changed, like there was like intentionality when we lived in Appleton and before the kids, and now it's pure convenience. Like I want it mowed and I want it mowed quick. So that's another reason to spend money. That's another reason to buy, make that big purchase. Yeah, is convenience. Yeah. So, like in some of the some of the things we buy, even if we don't use them very often, is like that that fucking expensive fucking KitchenAid mixer that sits on everybody's counter, right? It's like it's fucking awesome. You can do all kinds of shit with it, and it's easy. You put your shit in, you hit the button, you walk away. You know, it's like it's not mixing with a hand. Mm-hmm. It's not a little hand mixer where the beaters are flinging shit all over the fucking counter. <laughs> it's like it's easy, right? So you spend. $400 on a KitchenAid mixer as opposed to $20 on a hand mixer at a yard sale. It's probably less than that. Um, so that's that's another uh, aspect of that big purchase of that thing. KitchenAid mixers are really cool looking. They're shiny. They're fancy. When you got a mixer on your counter, it feels good even if you don't hardly use it. But it's like you're glad you have it because yeah. when you do use it, it makes a big difference. Yeah. So. Well, and there's like all of this is a blend right there's certain things you buy because you want them pure and simple no practicality other than i want it yeah um it brings joy to you in that subgroup you get into the situation of you bought it and you've never used it and it pisses you off or you bought it and you never use it and you're cool with that right so there's that then there's purchases that you buy for convenience and practicality and in that subsect, I think you can really dive into the quality questioning. Like, mm-hmm. I could buy the whatever off-brand name of a mixer, or I can spend an extra two hundred dollars and buy a KitchenAid. Right. 
And so then you're blending like quality and pricing on that mix. So the, I, I think in everything, there's just so much that goes into a purchase and your mindset on it. Like I, my wife's big thing is she will buy quality in things that she uses regularly. Mm-hmm. Shoes, for instance, like you mentioned, yeah. work boots, right? You're going to buy quality work boots because you're going to use them and you want it to last. Tools, frankly, like I will lean towards a good tool. Say like, I love my Milwaukee stuff. Yeah. Milwaukee versus a craftsman 20 volt drill. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm going to go drop four times the cost and get me a Milwaukee 18 yep. volt. And so I don't know. I think everything is just, there's a blend there on well, decision making. Right. It's, there's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mishmash, but like you just did a really great job of breaking it down, you know, where you can separate it into different categories of like, there's a subset of categories of things that we buy just because they're fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And then, and then when we don't use them, it pisses us off because they were expensive. Yeah. So, so how do we, so like I, like when I buy a drill, a Milwaukee drill, sorry, I'm cutting you off here. No. Like I don't, like I'm, I'm a handyman. I like to do things with my hands and fix things, but I don't use a drill every day. No, I use a drill a couple times a month. But you can bet your ass I bought the good drill. Well, because and I'm okay with it sitting down there being a really expensive fucking drill that only gets used twice a month or whatever it is. Because when you need it to work, you fucking need it to work. Yeah. Like if you, there's nothing that's fucking worse than, than like having a tool specifically and and it's like it can be a, a, a KitchenAid mixer too when you start it up you need it to do the job you need it to do mm-hmm. you know it's like christmas time comes around and you make all them fucking cookies you need that mixer to yeah, fucking you, 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 need, you need that fucker to, to withstand the beating it's gonna take in the in the week that you're making 800 cookies for the fucking church social or whatever it's a it's that kind of piece of equipment that when you need it to perform it needs to perform. So you spend the money on it, right? Yep. But if you're not going to use right. it like that, if it's if it's like, um, so... If you bought the Harley instead of the Yamaha, and they're both just going to sit there. Right. Um, Stephanie's got a toolkit for the, like, around, like, she wants to hang a picture in a wall. Oh, sure. Um, and, or she wants to, like, uh, like, unscrew a coat hanger or something. And so I bought her a black and Decker drill and it works every time she needs it. It does what it needs to do, you know, but she uses it very lightly Mm -hmm. and sparingly. So it's like, she's not building a deck, you know, she's not building a doghouse. She's not building something substantial where you need a long battery life and a lot of power and it's not going to break and it's not going to get hot and, fucking die on you mm-hmm. you know so it works and like if there was a a 500 milwaukee drill sitting in her toolkit it would be like a waste yeah it'd be taking your yeti on a sunday cruise dude my fucking yeti hasn't come out of the basement like we took it out a couple times last year well it's coming out next week that's right you better pre-chill that I know that's the other thing about a fucking Yeti. You got to put ice in it three yeah. days before you leave, just so the temperature gets low enough. It's 
I got to find someone who's got a, I, I just talked to my, I'll just go to my buddy at the restaurant and just ask him if I can put it in this freezer for a couple of days oh, before, go. before we leave. And then I can just dig it out of the freezer. I saw people do it like putting dry ice in it. Yeah. You know, it's fucking hard to get dry ice. I would imagine. I had to drive the Madison. So funny. My mom lives in Montana. Yep. And, um, she, uh, shout out to my mom. Love you. Happy Mother's Day coming oh, up. Oh, yeah. Happy Mother's Day coming up. Yeah. Well, happy. by the time this drops, it'll be passed. It'll be passed. Yeah. So, so happy post Mother's Day, all the moms out there. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for giving birth to us <laughs> <laughs> and our children. Um, it's, uh, uh, she, I, I got a, a nice deer last fall and um, she wanted me to send her some meat from the deer. She's having a really hard week, right? She's having a really hard week. She's going through uh, radiation treatment, mm-hmm. and uh, and I was talking to her on the phone, and she's just, I'm just like, is there anything I can do from a thousand miles away to that would like brighten your day? And she's like, you could send me some backstrap, and I'm like, fucking done, done, okay. So it's like I'm looking up how to send meat, yeah, through the mail, right? Because it's going to take at least a two days to get there. And if it gets into some fucking warehouse that's 80 degrees because it's in South Dakota or some shit or wherever it is, it's going to get thawed. Mm-hmm. You're not careful. So it's like dry ice. Send in dry ice. Okay, cool. Drove all the way to Madison to get the dry ice. Bag it all up. It's like, wasn't expensive. It's like maybe 18 bucks. Okay. You know? Um you got to be super careful with it because it'll right. burn the fuck out of you. You don't want to like stick it in your car with you because you you don't want to breathe the fumes that, okay. that comes out of it because it's not good for you. Um, so you, they give you this bag and then you want to put it in a really good insulated box or cooler and then you want to put it like in your trunk or whatever. So I get it back and I get it all packaged up and I put it in double Ziplocs and then I wrap it in paper and then i put it in this box and so now the box is fucking heavy mm-hmm. right it's already heavy because it's, it's dry ice heavy dry ice well it's, it's ice i mean it's a physical yeah it's heavy okay it's not like abnormally it's not like lead but it's it's like it's got weight to it okay. i think i bought i want to say about like five pounds of dry ice okay so it's by weight it's by weight okay yeah um maybe it's 10 pounds i don't remember really um i got it on the box and it's like fuck this thing's heavy you know, so I take it to the post office, and I'm like, okay. And then like, was there anything you know hazardous? Da, 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 da. And I say, well, I got dry ice in there. And she's like, oh, where's your sticker? I'm like, what sticker? She's like, you got to have a hazardous material sticker for your dry ice. I'm like, oh, I don't have one of those. Like, can I, could I buy one from you? And she's like, you can't get a hazardous material material sticker from us. You have to get it from the place you bought the hazardous material. Ooh. It's like, really? She's like, yeah. So. I either have to drive all the way back to Madison where I bought this dry ice to get a hazardous material sticker from them. And when I called the company, like, oh, we don't have those. So, okay, where do I get my hazardous material sticker? The dry ice now has been sitting for however long. I put it in my freezer at home. Um, but it's like, it, you got to have it sealed really good. Okay. Um, and the reason it's a hazardous material is because it can explode if it's sealed too good. Oh, if it's put okay. in an airtight, because it off gases. Sure. 
So if it's an airtight container and they put it on a fucking plane or in a truck, it, it'll exp- it can explode. So they can't ship it by the air. So now it's definitely ground shipped. And it's going to take like four days. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't have my sticker. It's going to take four days. Now I got to put more dry ice in there because it's going to be on the ground for so fucking long. And it's like, fuck this. So finally, I just took the dry ice. Unfortunately, I had to get rid of it. Well, I kind of was fun about it. I put it in the sink and made some steamy shit out okay. of it. You know, some <laughs> spooky Halloween looking stuff. It wasn't Halloween not yet. But so then I just got ice packs and then next day aired it. Oh. Still like $148. Wow. Yeah. But it's going to make your mom happy. I didn't give two fucks. Nope. Could have been $300. I wouldn't have cared. It was like, when she got the package, she was so excited. Yeah. And it just, it was so fucking great. It's like, that's the shit I want to spend my money on. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. It's like, the stuff that I can hold doesn't mean near as much as stuff that I can feel. Like, even if it's just for a moment envisioning that package showing up at my mom's house. And of course I'm going to play this up because that's what we do. But it's like, she's had, yeah, my she's, wife's been calling me out. Yeah. <laughs> Unexaggerated. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, I'm like, that's exactly what this fucking is. That's, it's that's just exaggerated storytelling. Yeah. So. so it's like in my mind, it's like, uh, you know, like when I talk to my mom on the phone, she's having a hard day. It's like, I just want like, anything I can do to like add something. Yeah. And that's way more valuable than a motorcycle and way more valuable than an iPhone. Um, like I'd rather spend my money on experiences than stuff. Um, unless it's a pair of work boots <laughs> because that shit is an experience. Yeah. Like, Bad work boots, motherfucker. You have never experienced an experience like bad work boots if you're on yeah, your you're feet for twelve a bad hours a day. Experience for a long time with bad work boots. Yeah, so it's like it, it's still at that point that I'm I'm spending money on an experience. Yeah, it's like so. Now, backtracking all the way back to the solo stove, it is an experience. You're spending money on an experience. Now. I guess it really boils down to if that's the kind of experience that one values. Sure. You know, if if there's that much value in that experience, well, then it's worthwhile. Yeah. I mean, if you that's know? your gig, then that's your gig. Right. Why do they why do they call it a stove, not just a fire pit? I think because it's like stainless steel, double-walled. It's because it's engineered. Mm. And it's like I think that like stove sounds more expensive than fire pit. I think there's so much marketing that fucking goes oh, yeah, into this sure. thing. Like, there, it's it, like it, by it, na- by just by generalities. When I hear stove, I'm like, oh, it's gonna be something you cook on. Right, exactly. And I'm sure at some point they're gonna come out with some little fucking oh, contraption sure. that you can cook over this thing with too. Now, granted, it's probably gonna fuck up your fire and make your stove all greasy. Yeah, you know, because you're putting food over it. But it's like, it's it's a luxury car of fire pits. Mm. You know, so it's like the difference between a sedan and a luxury sedan. You know, it's like the LS or the LT or the SS. It's like it's an extra word 
or a different right. definition of, of, of this thing that we all know what it is. We know it's a fire pit. I know it's a fire pit. It's like, it's like a, a Yeti isn't a fucking Yeti. It's a cooler. Right. You know, or it's a tumbler or it's a, it's a, it's a glass. It's a cup. It's a vessel to put your water in. It's all the same shit. Like they're all like, we know what it is, but if we call it something different, then then it feels different. Now it's Kleenex versus facial tissue. Right. It's it's yeah. It's all that shit. It's um so it's all marketing. Yeah. Because because if it gets marketed to us as a solo stove, then when we're talking to our friends, it we, sounds different. We bought a solo stove, they're like, Oh, what's that? Yeah. I've never heard of one of those. It's like, but if we were talking to our friends like, Yeah, we got a new fire pit, they'd be like cool <laughs> it's like it, it burns wood yeah Neat. it's like it's like you know but with a solo stove it's like ooh, yeah that's what true do, what do you do with a solo stove let me tell you what we do with a solo stove you put wood in there and paper and you light it on fire and you stand around it that's true <laughs> but it's so fucking cool dude you gotta see it that's i want to make i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm, gonna, I'm going to make my homebrew version of that i'm just gonna take so we'll, when we we're doing our patio and we're gonna put a sitting wall on it and so they have a, a brick fire pit that matches the brick sitting wall mm-hmm. so and ours is we have one that's like dug into the ground at our house right now anyways. yeah so it's it's not like one that you just put on a patio for instance yeah um so i'm gonna do the brick outlay and then they have like the metal inserts yeah and so I'm going to put the insert in, and I'm just going to drill, but I'm going to make my own. So I'm going to drill holes along the top edge of it. Mm-hmm. And then I think you and I were talking about removing a brick and then putting like a pipe in it or cutting yeah. it out to get the airflow moving. I'm going to see if I can make my homebrew version of this. I don't know if it's going to work, but I'm going to I, try it. I, so here's the thing. Like, there's all the technologies out there. All we got to do is copy it. Yeah. Right. Right. It's like all you have to do is look at what someone else did really well and just copy it. As long as you're not trying to sell it to somebody as no. your own, it don't fucking matter. I think the biggest thing with that is, like you mentioned, putting the ring over the top is just closing off the air gap from the, the metal ring inside to the bricks. Like, because the air has to go through the holes and out in right. order to get that reburn. Yeah, that, yeah, you have to have the solid sides. Right. So there's only, there's an entrance for the air at the bottom, yep. and then everything exits the top. Yeah. That's the goal. If you can do that, then, I mean... Fucking A, you could take that steel sleeve and you could drill holes all the way around the top too and do the same fucking thing as a solo stove does. That's what I'm talking about. Right. But so like then you would have the steel would be exposed above the brick, right? No. Because otherwise it's not going to bring any air in. I don't know what you're talking about right now. So you're talking about the steel sleeve that goes inside your fire pit, right? Yep. Okay. But so, it, so that steel sleeve has a lip that sits on the bricks. The ones right. I was looking at did. I need a drawing. Yeah. We'll have to figure this out later. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, you do not have to sit through this no, entire discussion trying, about what we're trying to figure out. What articulate the, what fucking visual fuck cues Kyle that we don't talking know. Talking about. About. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> he knows what he's talking about, and he'll explain it to me later when he draws me a I'm picture. I'm just going to do it. With his like, this is what I tried to do. And you're like, yeah, this isn't what I was talking <laughs> yeah, about, bro. I'm like, that ain't going to work, motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> nice fucking try. No. No, it's it, it really is. So I want to, I'm, I'm excited to see your homebrew version of, when you said homebrew, I was like, I thought you're like, 
I'm going to make my own beer based on someone else's beer. It's going to taste like their beer because I know what they did. So, but that, that was totally fucking wrong. Oh, <laughs> yeah. your, your home brew is like a DIY, a solo, DIY stove. solo stove. Yes. Um, AKA a fire pit with holes drilled in it. So here's the cool part though, right? Is if you succeed and you do create this fucking killer fire pit that you made on your own and you ask, invite people over for a fire, namely Ike, and he comes over and, and, and you can see the reburn happening in your DIY fire pit without even having to say it. You'd be like, whoa, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> you know, and you're like, yeah, man, I did that. You know, and it's just like, you didn't have to tell me it's a reburn fire pit. You don't have to sell it to me. Just be like, hey, it's Only cool. because you already have one. Yeah, maybe. So the the one of the other aspects that is really kind of fucking badass about the solo stove is it's a double wall. Yeah. So it's got that extra gap of air between the exterior and the interior wall to create more of the vacuum. Mm -hmm. So I think that also aids in the reburn aspect sure. of the fire. Um there's just so much technology and engineering and brain power that goes into building these really amazing things. It's like, you know, the building the better mousetrap kind of a thing where it's like you can take something that works and then you just elevate it, right? And then you give it a different name. <laughs> you got to rename it. You got to you have to rename it. That's marketing 101. It cannot be the same shit as it was before, you know. So like uh yeah, you just got to rename it. Then you can add you can add like two three hundred percent of the cost if you just give it a cool name and it's shiny. Well, I mean, you do have to pay for the engineering side of things. Well, like, yeah, there's no doubt that's why part, oh, part of that stove costs is just in the engineering of it. The R and D had to be insane, and then the development of it. I mean, because uh, like inside the stainless steel wall of this of this fire pit, you can see where they were. The two pieces of steel came together. There's like a weld, but it's not a weld. It's not a weld line, but you can see the discoloration of where the steel okay. was molded together. Or if it's like in a smelter, I don't know how the fuck they do it. They melted it, formed it, and then joined the two pieces to make the circle. Like you can see it's like a one-inch line that, mm -hmm. that as it heats up, it's a different color than the rest of the stove. So... There's a lot of engineering, a lot of uh, highly skilled people put their time and energy into creating this thing that works exceptionally well. So yes, I, I do understand like a lot of the cost of the, the excess cost goes is due to all the time that was spent developing it and making it and then the, the quality of the products like that $69 fire pit I bought was a piece. It means it's a piece oh, yeah. of shit. Absolutely. Right. You know, it's like. The the little you know the little thingy on the bottom you move to open up air holes in the bottom, yeah you know kind of like on your on your Online Weber grill, yeah. yeah the the one on that it fucking melted yeah the fucking thing <laughs> the handle melted right off of it so it was like burning nice you and hot about a fancy fire pit if it has one of those on it I was thinking it was just like a pan it's a pan but it's got air holes in the bottom and you can well you like a, a what word am I looking for? Theoretically, you can control the air. Okay. Until it gets fucking hot. Yeah. Because then it got hot, and I went to move the thing, and the handle just melted. Nice. Like, it fell off right in my hands. It's like I went to, like, close it down, and it fell off in my hands. <laughs> and it's like, 
well, it's a good thing it melted in the open position, you know, and then the, you know, the little grate that sits at the bottom of the pan, yes, the ashes are supposed to fall underneath yep. that, that fucking thing melted too. It wow, it's a great fire pit It just you got sits there. right in the belly. But you know what? It I burns don't wood. fucking yeah. care. It burns wood. Yeah. You know, but it's like, I, I get it. I understand the appreciation for those things. It's just like, it's just not as much my thing. Yeah. And yeah, part yeah. of that is going, like we said, back to the mindset that it's like fucking, I don't want to walk by it and, 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 and be like, fuck. Right. I want right. like we should we should stay and have a fire instead of going out to listen to music with our friends. We should stay and have a fire as opposed to going for a bike ride. It's like all these things that we buy that you know, it's the it's back to the mindset. Last night, did you see the Starlink satellites? I did not. I didn't look. So, I didn't even know there it was happening, but it's weird. I've seen them twice now. Okay. I saw them when they first launched the first set of Starlink satellites were sitting outside around a fire pit with bricks with my buddies and we watched them go over and it was like whoa it's yep, fucking I cool me this. so last night we're sitting outside around the fire it's kind of chilly last night too it was it was a nice night for a fire and then i look up in the sky and fucking starlink satellites are going over and it's like one at a time ding 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 and i show them to stuff she'd never seen them before so um as they're flying over the first time they sent them out, there was like a it was like a perfectly straight line. Everyone was perfectly spaced, and now they're a little funky. Okay, like they're not in a perfectly straight line anymore. And some of them a little closer, some of them a little farther away from each other. They're generally a straight line, um, but with that, it was like, is that going to be like a thing now? It's like every every. Seems like every once a month, there's a meteor shower that's going to happen, yeah. and someone's you read Wasn't about there on just one? Like, I'm, are you sure these are starlings? Because oh no, they were full on starlings. Okay, yeah, there's it was too perfect. Okay, like is too engineered, but it fucks with our our sky. Yeah, like everybody looks at the sky. Everybody has that opportunity to look at the sky, and all of a sudden, how often are we going to see this? Is it going to be a perpetual fucking ring that goes around the world 24-7 of, of satellites that we have to watch? How weird is that? How weird is it that, like, everybody's view of the world is changed now forever because now there's this string of satellites that every time it gets dark is going to be flying through our fucking sky? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I, yeah, I can see it. I get it. I understand that. I, I'm, and I'm not even really, like... <sighs> I'm not like upset about it but no, it's because just, it's so far away and it's, you have to be intentional to see it. No, like I would, you don't No, No. Okay. Like I just, I mean, we even had our patio lights on like the little overhead LEDs. Not obvious. See, but I think we're lucky in the sense that we can look up into the sky and see this guy. Like how many big cities do you look up and you can't see shit? Well, because smog of smog and all that and shit. Big fucking towers just right. in your way. But people move out of cities so they can look at the fucking sky. True. They live in rural areas so they can look at the sky. I think people are going to get pissed off about this. I think there are probably already people that are pissed off about it because, because they don't want to see satellites flying through their sky. I guess I'd have to see it to know for sure how I'd feel about it. My initial thought is like once a month. Okay, that's fine. Go. Well, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like. It's. I thought it was really fucking cool the first time I saw it. Right. It's like a, it's a feat of engineering. It's really neat. But what's going to happen? Let's just say that that string goes from say 
300 satellites to 7,000 satellites, okay? And it's going 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Like, if you live in a part of the world that looks at that part of the sky that it goes over, every single night of the week, there's the fucking satellites. It's like some, some movie out of the future that, like, like there's an extra moon up there all of a sudden. You know, like there's this extra thing that exists that's man-made that, that is like, and I'm sure pe- eventually people just get used to it. Yeah. Oh, it's just, yeah, this are is- there rules on what you can fucking throw up in space? I don't think there's a lot of rules. I'm surprised on that. Cause like, at some point, like there's going to be more companies than just Starlink doing this, right? Dude, what do you think space force is about? <laughs> <laughs> so right now there's a fucking but- Chinese rocket that's hurtling towards the earth. Pieces of it. They said there's like, it's not a high probability, but people could get hit by pieces of this Chinese fucking rocket. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's like, space is weird, man. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I'm like, I feel like there's some governing agency over like who can fucking shoot stuff up into space. Where? Who? Like who? I don't know. At least on like a national level. Like, do we, did anyone give Tesla permission? I think that maybe they had to have permission if they're in restricted airspace, but that's it. Okay. Like, I think that like if like look at what's that Branson guy, Charles? He what's his name? He Virgin no Virgin Galactic. Don't know. So anyway, he's a billionaire. He was making spaceships too. Huh. And it's like if you got enough money, fucking build some spaceships, man. I suppose. You know, it's like there's companies that build fucking rockets. To send people's ashes into space. That's crazy. They're, like, so there's these companies that build these small rockets to go to space, right? Yeah. And, um, and like, they, uh, uh, they sell space compartments on the rocket. For ashes. To, to, for, to individuals. They, they can put their loved one's ashes in there. They can put, like, there are companies that, that send small satellites into space. You can... There was there's an NPR podcast called Planet Money, and they wanted to put their own satellite in the space so they could track it, right? Just just for the fun of it. Like, what the fuck? Can we put a satellite in space? How much does it cost to put our own satellite, our Planet Money satellite, into space? Planet Money is a fucking cool podcast, by the way. Um, and so they they paid I don't know like twenty grand. They hmm. they built this little tiny satellite the size of like a big Rubik's cube or something, and they put it inside this rocket. And they shot the motherfucker off in the space and and along with seventy five people's loved ones, and it goes up there and it and it like releases the the payload and it's like now these people who spend a thousand dollars to have grandpa's ashes because he always wanted to know what it was like to be in space that he's in space now, grandpa's floating around weird i it is it's, so I mean it's cool, I guess. Yeah, but if there's no control over airspace, yeah, right? I mean, how do you though? I, I don't mean, know. How does one country? Like because we're we're constantly spinning. There's yeah, no specific airspace yeah. uh, outside of our direct to to our atmospheric. What's that? What's the ozone? What's the layer? Yeah, no, you're right. You're you got it. I, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, huh? 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 So that's like so yeah. One we're of the just big gonna be fucking looked at in space all the time. Yeah, I'm sure we already are. Oh yeah, you're in your front yard. Some satellites watching you. It's always there's, yeah, there's so many fucking satellites out there, but it's. Yeah, and and like, well, it'll it, at some point. I mean, shit. If it just gets too bad, won't they just turn into a space war? We'll just shoot each other satellites down. 
Are I, we already doing that? I, I don't know. I don't know if we're already. I, I think that, honestly, with satellites, I don't think we'd have to shoot them down. I think we'd just give them a virus or some shit. Like, oh. like fucking beam them up through Wi-Fi or whatever, whatever that is, where they send information from satellites to Earth and Earth to satellites. They just send them some fucking virus and or just something. corrupts the yeah, thing. Yeah, and just fucks it. You know, yeah, but it'd be it, cool if we just went and fucking blew them up. Yeah, but then we did. I mean, at that point, then we're just gonna blow each other's up on the on the face of the earth. That's true. You know, it's That's like true. If we if we started fucking sending rockets into space and blowing up China satellites, you better fucking believe there's gonna be some rockets yeah, coming at our, at our at our in our not outer space. Um, but like, so the space junk thing is a huge fucking problem. Yeah, like, like how much shit's just floating around. So there. much shit floating around in space. Like our the ISS, like they they there's so many pieces of fucking junk in space that they have all that they all have their own names and they have to track them and their orbit and where they're at so they don't collide with our our rockets and our, like how many fucking rockets do we have floating around up there that peel off of our of our uh, spaceships mm-hmm. once they get us outside of our atmosphere true don't those fuckers just float around i don't know i don't know know? shit about space like i think they just float around that's all right you're diving into some weird uh i I don't know shit about space man that's the weird stuff right i've watched armageddon well that's fucking you got it down (laughs) yeah i know everything now man actually you know that they they say that you can't you couldn't actually fucking blow up an asteroid like that no Uh uh-uh like it wouldn't do it. Like if it was an asteroid that big, it's like you fucked. It's like if if you see that fucking rock coming, don't get on your motorcycle and with your with your girlfriend and ride to the highest peak and try to survive the tsunami because you're fucked. My girlfriend's Liv Taylor. I can do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of deep or impact. Tyler. Am I thinking of deep impact? No, you're right on Armageddon. Is, is where, that uh, the, the little kid and his girlfriend, and then they yeah. the mom gives her the little baby. I th- think so. And he's he's like he steals the 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 dad's dirt bike, the neighbor's dirt bike. Oh no! See now you're thinking of something else. You're right in Armageddon though. That they have a weird scene where they're together, and it's like not not Ben Affleck. Okay, then you're thinking. Okay, I think I'm thinking of Deep Impact. I think it's Deep Impact. It's another asteroid movie. Yeah, Morgan Freeman's a president again. Yeah, yeah, that's what's one of them. But so space is weird, right? Because it is like a free for all. Okay. But we all have to look at it, and it, and it affects really on some level everybody. Yeah. Right. So it's like we're sending shit in the space with mirrors and and like stuff to reflect the sun and take pictures and and then track people and track um, other objects in space, and then we send shit to Mars, and and we're constantly shooting shit outside of our atmosphere. So. This is an interesting conversation because it's like I was just talking to this about Stephanie. All this new alien shit that's coming up in the news, like these triangle-shaped yeah. objects and the tic-tac-shaped objects and all these things that are like they're talking about them now, right? So there's a guy that's like he believes that that shit is, is not even really the aliens. He thinks it's alien technology searching space for other forms of life mm. so like we do that already right we send shit all over the place mm-hmm. you know we're, we're fucking constantly sending shit out into space to see what's out there so why wouldn't somebody else true you know 
So it's like all these little fucking things. Maybe they're not really aliens in a spacecraft with a giant head and tentacles and shit. Maybe it's just technology. Yeah. You know, like they're just fucking checking shit out. And then like when they get here and they're like, oh, fuck, there's, there's stuff here. You know, then they go back and report to whoever they're fucking reporting to. Maybe it's like 20,000 light years away. We don't know. This is weird, man. Space is fucking weird. This is weird, man. Well, you talked about Neuralink earlier. We were talking about the chip in your brain that Elon Musk wants to put in there. It's like, how deep does this technology go? Yeah. How and just for all you listeners, this was pre-podcast. <laughs> yeah, pre-podcast. This was this morning you didn't, earlier. You didn't, you didn't miss this part of the podcast. Not, yeah. But how deep does the technology go where we are more integrated with technology? Like, like bio integration where someone's got you, like we already have bionic arms and legs Mm -hmm. and like fucking heart valves and, and like pacemakers. And then we have diet, like people with diabetes have pumps put into their bodies. Like we're already doing it on a certain level. People have fucking fake eyes. It's happening, right? Wait, do people have fake eyes that actually see? I think, I think so. Oh, fuck. Cool. I mean, that sucks, but cool. I think I think they exist. I think they do. I could be fucking wrong about that one. I might have just pulled that right out of my asshole. <laughs> but if they do, that's awesome. <laughs> but so our body runs on electricity. Like it, it creates electricity, right? We're like a little, our own conductor, right? So like we have electricity running through our body. Like you know a potato. that? Yeah. No, I didn't know that. You didn't know that? So, okay, so... I, I saw this documentary. So um, this guy who, who was born um, without an arm, right? No arm. And he got a prosthetic, right? And it's just like a regular plastic prosthetic. And, it, and then eventually it gets a little bit bigger. So then they thought, seeing how we, our body has electricity, um, they, put, they put two fucking diodes, not diodes, little electrical posts in his stub of his arm and they connected him to his nerves. Okay. Okay. So he puts on this prosthetic arm and he can control the fingers of his prosthetic arm with like by thinking like I'm controlling my own hand. Yeah. So he can make it grab things with his mind. Okay. With through electricity. Because it's got it's got a battery pack and it's all there, but he can pick shit up with it, right? So it's a bionic arm, but it's controlled with his mind. He's not like Putting, pushing a button with his other hand or his nose or so something. But, the, but it has a battery, so there's not, like, electricity coming out of his arm. No, but it's connecting to his the, the posts in his body. So his his mind is sending electrical impulses to the post sure, sure, sure. to tell it to okay. move, right? It's like Yes, I understand that Yeah, part. he doesn't have, like, a... a but he's not powering it. No, with, he doesn't have a... Yeah. yeah. He did, I was thinking way further. We're, we're, we're not a superconductor of like a, we're not a yeah we're not a battery pack. In we're that not like sense. you put a diode in us and you run an alarm clock like on a potato. Yeah, because we can charge our own rechargeable batteries by putting them between our fingers. If I we roll do my that. shit on the carpet. Yeah, that's how it works. What? Like, haven't you ever heard that? Like, if you have a double A battery and it's not like a rechargeable one. And like it just died. Like you roll it on the carpet to get a little static electricity, just to get a little juice in there. No way. Does it work? I don't know. I've I can't never tell fucking you heard of that. I want to do it though. So bad now. <laughs> so anyway, it's this guy. He's got this arm, right? So he wants to be a DJ. He's always dreamed of being a DJ, right? right? So he's using his prosthetic arm, and he's got a DJ booth kind of thing, and he's hitting the buttons, and he can do it a little bit. He can grab a knob, kind of. You know, it's still pretty rudimentary sure, what he can do sure. with it. So he gets this idea. He's like, wait a minute. I've got these two fucking posts in my arm. 
what if I wired those to my DJ booth? And I thought about it. He can fucking make music in his DJ booth with his brain. Whoa. That's, isn't that fucking crazy? So like he, he did the, he, like he had someone, an engineer make him a harness mm-hmm. that he puts over his prosthetic and the wires come out of it and it, it is, plugs he, into he, his, he can plug into his DJ booth and it's like, like via USB. Yeah. He made music. Now it's not like the same as what you would do with your fingers. It's like not so malleable. Like he can't change it so easily. Oh, it's just his heartbeat. <laughs> well, whatever the fuck it <laughs> is. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, but it was more than that. But I it was, know, just it, yeah. It, I mean, but that would be weird if that's all it was, was your heart firing. <laughs> that would be kind of a trip. I never thought about that. Um, but yeah, he, so. So, but, oh, so there's, there's potential there. There's potential. So back to this Neuralink thing. So yeah. So like with the Neuralink thing, they, Elon Musk says that. So originally, so here's the thing. All things are designed with the best of intentions, right? So it's for people who are paraplegia, quadriplegia, they can't, you know, they right. want to be able to walk again. So he's the, he said that he can make this chip and you carve out this little like half inch square of your skull and you put in this titanium plate that's got these wires in it and the wires go down into the parts of your brain that aren't firing and then you make them fire with your mind and it creates this link between your your brain and you're telling your limbs what to do now i don't know how that works with the nervous system if you can actually feel your mm-hmm. limbs moving because that'd be fucking weird if you could make your limbs move but not be able to feel them yeah because then you wouldn't have any like dexterity or, right you know right so i don't know how that part would work but if you can he says you can do that but that's where he started right that's what it was the idea but then he was saying pretty soon you'll be able to talk to each other without talking with your fucking mind you can just communicate how far does this shit go yeah well didn't he also say like you can access like the internet so you can have an infinite amount of information just in your head yeah via this thing yeah you're tapped in pay 69.99 a month (laughs) right and you you have access to all the information no one would ever win an argument ever again there would be no arguments well i suppose Whoever puts the information in would put like yeah right. There's always two sides of every argument. What, so what side are you getting? Yeah, which yeah. side do you believe? But everybody would have all the access. So to what all happens the when that shit like fucking malfunctions? You just dead? Does it just fry your fucking brain? You mean like, well, if it's not powered, if it doesn't have its own individual power source, I don't know how it would fry your brain. See, but I feel like if you get to the point where like you have access to, let's say, Google. Yeah. Like, there has to be some level of power and connectivity there. Well, maybe it's just more like Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi like still Bluetooth. takes power? Bluetooth still takes power? I know, but you have a certain amount of current running through your body. True. So, now here's the really fucked up part. What happens when, when half the pe- people are walking around with fucking Neuralink in their brain... And someone's like, aha, I will fucking use you as my soldiers. <laughs> and they fucking tap into that Neuralink chip. All right. And they start turning people into fucking zombies yeah. or doing whatever. Is there the- a virus that goes into this Right. Thing? Yeah. Like, you could probably, if you could tap into that chip, you could just fucking kill people like that. Okay. So, if you had the, if this chip was a thing, would you get it? I don't know, man, because it'd be so fucking hard. Like... <laughs> I think that there would be a point where 
the people that had the chip, you'd have to be like on a, it's, I think it's kind of like people who live off the land and people who live in the city. It's like, you have to make a very conscious decision that you're going to live a completely different way of life. Mm -hmm. Because if once you have the chip and once you live in a world of people who have the chip and you don't, you're at such a deficit to the experiences that everybody else is having yeah. where you'll just, I would think people would become an almost like an outcast. Well, and could you shut it off? Like, let's say the chip was to an extent of like, you have everything at your disposal of phone. Like we intentionally with just phones right now, disconnect, right? Like our camp out, we intentionally go there with the thought process of disconnecting from technology and all that instant notificational stuff. Right. Like if that was always in your head, people would fucking go insane. And I, I think people will. I think some people will. And and so, I mean, it's just weird, like some kind of weird fucking futuristic running man kind of yeah, sci-fi what is that, movie. Like Blade Runner or something. Yeah, shit like that. Where, um, what was that one with Schwarzenegger? I think it was Running Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's where like companies that, let's say it's Neuralink, say it's Elon Musk. And he's like, you you want it? You want access? We'll we'll put the chip in for I don't know. Say it costs you ten thousand dollars for the surgery to put the chip in, um, but costs you one hundred ninety nine dollars a month mm -hmm. to keep it turned on, and if you don't pay your fee, then it turns off, so you don't have it anymore. They could turn it off and turn it on as well. So, um, <laughs> like having a fucking service outage. Yeah, like that. You know, like all of a sudden like, everybody's. Uh, I need to leave this meeting. I don't have access to my Neuralink right now. Well. So how fucked would that be to have the service outage? All of a sudden, everybody has to talk again. It's kind of like coming out of this fucking pandemic and all of a sudden everybody's got to see face to face again. Yeah. People are nervous. It's like they don't even know what to fucking do. So how would it feel like if 50% if of the population had Neuralink for five years and then there was a massive outage and like say China blows up Neuralink's headquarters and all their servers go to shit and all of a sudden nobody has it anymore we're all a bunch of fucking dum-dums we're fucking so stupid yeah. nobody's gonna know shit like nothing we're think of how little we know now without our phones yeah i mean yeah we're, we're gonna be fucking morons more morons than we already are i'm a, I, I thought you had to fucking wiggle your tongue to see if you're having a stroke <laughs> until i looked it up on my phone yeah we're right? fucking idiots yeah we're yeah it's so and we would i mean Talk about putting us back in time as far as a species, as far as a, like, like we're just, we'll be fucking Neanderthals again. How do you make fire? Oh, so no. the, could the counter argument be that just through evolution, eventually we have, like, isn't that what the thing with aliens is that they've been a species for so long that they've just evolved and now they can do all this shit through evolution? Yeah. And how do we know that the aliens aren't fucking us from the future? Right. Whoa. <laughs> so back to the, so the Neuralink thing is like, I think there will always be people that are not going to do it. Oh, there, absolutely. People, there are people that don't own a television. There are people that don't own a phone. There are people that don't own, you know, all those things, computers. Like there are they don't people have, who aren't going to get vaccinated for COVID. Right. So I mean, anything that you offer people. So if you look at movies, as a predicator for future yeah. events. It's like, there's always going to be an underground movement of bucking the system. And, and like, I'm not going to be a machine. I'm not going to be a sheep. I'm not mm -hmm. going to follow the line, all those things. 
but at some point, I think our whole society, other than the people that toe the line, is going to be completely integrated with artificial intelligence. Like everywhere we go, everything we do, I believe, if, if we stay on the trajectory we're on, is going to be completely integrated with artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I don't know, like, like the, 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 the naturalist of me thinks that's fucking terrible because we're going to lose all the things that make us human. But at some point, what is a human even going to be? Yeah. You know, what is, what is, what, what even is going to look like? I mean, aren't they, we're already messing along this line so much. Like, are they, aren't they like going into like fetuses and like CRISPR checking DNA and like, yeah, that's yeah. CRISPR does that. That's a, it's a, they can alter the DNA of, of babies before they're born. There's a, there's a Chinese scientist that did that already. And it was like two years ago. Yeah. And he did it without approval. So he got fucking ostracized, but he went in and altered the DNA of some babies to make it so they were immune to getting, I think, AIDS. I think it was okay. an AIDS virus that he went in and I, I think could have been cancer or a specific kind of cancer. But so he went in and did it, right? Excuse me. Um, so to your point. Like at what point is it going to be like, oh, do you want a, a boy or a girl? Do you want them to be blonde? Right. Redhead. Right. How tall do you want them to be? And what's going to control that, right? It's always going to be the haves and have nots. Yeah. It's money. When it boils down to it, you know that shit ain't free. You know, so the people who are millionaires and billionaires are going to have super intelligent, super fucking hot, good looking kids, six pack abs, six foot tall, blonde hair, blue eyed, gorgeous. Genetically modified. Then, like, so my point in all that was at what point do you. Like, if you're a genetically modified child, like, clearly you're still a human, but at what point does it progress to a point where, like, we're just messing with nature so much that you're non-human? Well, that's like this, uh, um, what was that show, Stepford Wives? They were robots, right? They looked like humans. They walked around, and they were, like, the perfect wife. Mm. They looked perfect. They did all the perfect things. They said all the perfect things, but they're actually fucking not real. They're robots, right? So, yeah. It, it, what? Or so you're saying is at what point do we lose the things that make us human? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Maybe that's, yeah, that's a better way to put it. Um, well, that's the thing is, like, if you're, if, you're, if you're messing with DNA, then you're changing physical attributes of a person but like what makes a human a human i think is is more like the way we think and the way we feel and and like all of those things that that is like what makes us truly human like that's the difference between like us and a i don't know a, a fucking hippopotamus right it's like we use tools and we and we work together and we create a society and we do these things but it's it's not a physical thing so much like it can be, obviously it, it, it falls into the physical sphere when we're acting on it, but like to be able to have the ideas and the, and the mindset to, to, to create something that's not a physical trait, you know, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Kind of. Um, I'm what, just, what do you think? I don't know. And I don't know where I was going with it. I'm just, you know, when we were talking Neuralink and then I was thinking genetic manipulation, I'm just thinking like. 
we're dabbling in so much stuff that is like it's just we're trying to change and affect everything and it may be for the better but at what point do you is it for the better well that's the thing is i think it's all mindset on 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 like some people think it's for the better and some people think it's it's a act against humanity. Well, right. And so, I mean, even just watching movies, how many of the villains think they're doing something for the better? Oh, absolutely. Like yeah. The, the villain mindset isn't that, well, some in some cases, yep. but it's not that necessarily like I'm, I fucking hate you. It's more like I'm freeing the world of this or whatever. Well, yeah. Look at Thanos, man. Yeah. His whole fucking thing. Our world's too overpopulated. We can't feed our children anymore. We can't fucking breathe the air because we're polluting it. So with one snap of the fingers, mm-hmm. 50% of the population is gone, and all of a sudden everybody can live more free lives again. So his idea was to free the world of itself so people could the people that remained could remain in more uh, a more fulfilling life. Yeah. But... At the same time, you're murdering fifty percent oh, well, exactly, of people. Exactly, you know. Right. So yeah, to your point, <laughs> you're the the super villains are a lot of them. It is, it's, and I think that's the trick, right? So this guy in China that that spliced the DNA without permission, he's a villain because he did it in a like he did this thing that that like he crossed a line that people weren't ready to cross yet, but. Now those kids exist. So by being a villain, he's given the people that have crucified him a perfect opportunity to see what happens when you actually do it. These babies are growing up. They're growing up in the world. Do you think they're not going to test those fucking kids? Fuck yeah, yeah they're going to test those yeah. kids because they need to. It's part of the research, right? But that it took some fucking dude to become the villain to actually do the deed. Okay, but in the kid's mind, is that scientist still a vi- villain? If I'm a kid and I get tested because I'm genetically modified and my whole upbringing in life is just one giant fucking exper- uh, experiment? Well, yeah, I was going to say, it depends on what, what their fucking kid's life is like. Right. Let's just say he splices the DNA and they got like, you know... One ear is four inches bigger than the other ear when they come out of the womb. But if I found my kid and I'm literally like a science experiment, I'm going to hate the person who made me a science experiment. Well, that's fucking tricky though, right? Because you're alive, so you're basically hating the person that also created you as a person. You wouldn't exist yeah. if it weren't for that person. There's movies around this. I have no doubt. I, there's <laughs> the, fucking movies yeah, around this. Yeah, there's fucking movies around it. You bet. So who knows where yeah. the fuck it's going to go? I think that... There, so there's a difference. You went the DNA route, and then we talked about the the technology integrating with physical your physical body right, route. Right, right, right. So there's there's two different ways. I, there's definitely a difference there. By yeah, no, I, and I'm not. I, I'm just saying like that the there's two different there's different camps on on what's the right way to go. Like, do you actually manipulate the the being before they're born? Or do you manipulate them after they're born? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, do you use the technology before they're born to prevent any kind of illnesses and they can have stronger bones and better eyes and all that shit? Or do you manipulate the body after there's an injury or there's a, an accident or they're born with a malady that you can repair? So either way, the idea around it is to help people. But how you go about it is two different camps. Yeah. So I guess 
the trick would be how do you maintain it to be helping people and not let even one person take advantage of that? Can't. It's impossible. For your, you know, your example, if you have a neural link and someone hacks into it mm-hmm. and can control you. Right. Well, well and, there, and I guess, I mean, there's risks with everything. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's always risk with everything we do. But, okay, so there's people that shoot fucking rockets in space, right? For with their with their grandparents' ashes and then a little satellite and this and that, right? There was a fucking kid who was a high school kid. It was a story. I don't know how many years ago it was. He built a nuclear reactor in his fucking garage from shit that he bought online. Okay, so if you can build a nuclear reactor in your garage and if you got enough fucking money to shoot a rocket into space because it's unregulated. I'm sure there's some regulations. I'm just saying it's unregulated because it seems like it's unregulated. You could send a nuclear fucking reactor into space and blow it up. Mm-hmm. You know, then what? What happens? Blows up in our fu- fucking atmosphere? We do, we do we push a big hole in our ozone? Like, what is that, you know, even... There's always going to be someone that's going to push the limits for a good idea. Sure, or or, sure, or sure, like sure, a, sure. what they think is a good intention. And yes, there's pure fucking evil out there. But, you know, in movies, the supervillains, right? The pure evil supervillains. Like that shit doesn't generally play out into real life. Like the fucking pure evil people, they kind of get found out when they do like when they do mass shootings and are like they like they're killing animals or like there's a like a, a serial killer. They don't go big. Like maybe the supervillains, maybe they don't go so big, or or if they do, we, like we've never seen it. Like, who's a supervillain in real life? Oh, you know, in in our in our real reality, who's a like? When's the last time there was a supervillain? Never, not like the kind in the movies, because they never get that far. Wouldn't Hitler be one? Oh yeah, Hitler's a supervillain. <laughs> Fuck yeah! I guess there was some supervillains, huh? But hit, but so, and this is not. Let me be very clear. This is not a defense of Hitler. But what? No. But wasn't the mindset to better, in his eyes, humankind by eradicating? Yes. Yeah. His his idea was that he was going to progress a superior race. Yeah. You know, so that's what his idea was. I think, I, I don't know if it was like better all a human guy. Sure. Sure. I think sure. It was but a like, superior. He's okay. a super villain. Yeah. I don't but know. So again, he, my ass. you know, his actions were maybe started by, uh, sorry, I was going off in my mind on something else. <laughs> his action. <laughs> if it has anything to do with my ass, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> His actions were, you know, in his mind, he was doing something good or better, even though it was pure evil. Right. Yeah. He was a pure evil supervillain. Absolutely. So it was, but pure evil with, again, on one side of the coin, the wrong side, the thought that he was doing something good. Right. Or well, for yeah. the, so he, like, so I, I think when I, I say, I, I, I think I need to read more books on Hitler. Yeah. And, and, and this is just me. I don't know shit either. Um, but like pure evil, just maybe pure evil is the wrong word, but just hate versus like, if I just hate you, mm-hmm. like there's not, I'm not doing anything good. If I want to hurt you, I just hate you. And that's why I want well, to Well, maybe you. you think you're making the world a better place by leaving me off of it. So now we're getting, yeah, it's, it's weird psychology shit with bad people. Yeah. It's, um. Well, and yeah, and it's fucking tricky too, because it's like we had, we had that discussion in 
league the other day about bad people, people that piss us off, people that do things we don't like. It's like, okay, so why is that person like that? Yeah. What is it about them that makes them think that way or feel that way? And it's like 99% of the time it's the way they were raised. 99% of the time it's the experiences they've had in their life and they've translated them into their own stories on what they think the world is like. Yeah. And and it's so and it's like trauma, you know, and it's like everybody, I mean, I'm sure there are there have been instances where fucking kids come out of the womb and from day 1 they just got some fucking chemical imbalance that makes them do mean shit Mm -hmm. you know and maybe it's like a twisted sense of like trying to understand like you know like what was it that the kid uh the serial killer from wisconsin that kept all the Dahmer, right yeah kept all the all the kid all the animals in jars and shit was that jeffrey Dahmer? i don't know yeah it's probably dumb it was i think it was Dahmer. yeah i think so or kaczynski he's a bomber you know bomber um probably Dahmer. There was a documentary on it, yeah. but it's like, so if you see a little kid who enjoys killing animals, right? you know, like that's like, uh, I don't think that's something that's taught. I don't think that's something that they, maybe not that they saw someone else doing and taking great pride in, you know, it's like, if like not every kid, if you, like, if they saw somebody murdering animals on a regular basis would be like, oh yeah, that's awesome. I'm gonna do that. Like, there's still like an internal compass when it comes to like life mm-hmm. that I think would steer people. Like, it doesn't feel good, you know. So if it feels good to do that, then I think there are people that are born that way, in in an odd way, you know. Like maybe they're not a product of their environment, but I think that's a super outlier. Yeah. But ultimately, all those evil motherfuckers out there, probably most of them were groomed to be evil. Oh, absolutely. Something happened to them that flipped the switch and it never flipped back. Mm. So. Interesting thoughts. Moving forward with that to the Neuralink, that's the part that freaks me out about Neuralink the most is that, so, okay, so we watched a movie. You ever heard, you ever heard the movie Sound of Metal? No. Okay, it's about this drummer who's in a rock and roll band and he loses his hearing like okay. quickly. And, um, he gets uh, surgery to the ocular implant things. So, um, they cut open your head and they put this thing, the implanted in the back of your ears. And then you, you, uh, uh, sew it back up. And then you got to wait of, like six weeks. And then they put this, this thing that clicks into the implant. There's like a port. Okay. Okay, and it wraps around your ear and it helps you hear. Okay, right. So, after six weeks, the guy so the guy had a surgery. He had these implants put in his head, and it was fucking crazy because you could see him like shaving the bone off of where his ears are to make room for this implant. It was like a real video. It was kind of weirded me out a little bit. Anyway, so then he goes back to the hospital after six weeks to to get his implant, the the external part that he plugs into his head, to get that turned on. Right to add power to yeah. it, so they give him the the external pieces and they click him into his head, and then um, the woman, the doctor, was talking to him, and she starts talking, and and like I don't know how they know what it sounds like, but it sounded kind of fucked up. Look, like there was an echo or something. He's like, ah, this sounds really weird. So on her computer, she tweaked a couple things, and it sounded a little bit better. And then she tweaked a couple things, and it sounded a little bit worse. So. His whole fucking process of hearing is being controlled by someone else's computer by some other human being. 
that's the part that's freaky to me because his ears don't work without that computer. Right. So, so all of a sudden she can fuck him up bad by cranking up the decibels on everything he fucking hears, making weird noises happen in his head. You could fuck people up bad. Oh yeah. With the, so it's all about this human behind the computer, this human that has control over other humans. So with this, this chip implant, that would be my biggest worry is that someone else has all of a sudden almost like complete control of my life, essentially. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly that. And that's a part that freaks so me out. How much do you trust humankind to keep you safe? In right. That? So I trust a lot of shit, but I don't know if I trust that. Right. Like that is. Because as soon as someone evil knows that that's a role that they could play, you bet their ass they're going to train for that job. I'm going to apply for that job. I'm going to get, they're going to put themselves in a situation where they can have that control. I can almost fucking guarantee there's somebody right now already thinking about like, okay, wouldn't it be cool if we could make a program that if we knew people had Neuralink that we could just, just even if it's just like, It'd be funny, like hypnotists, you know, mm-hmm. like let me put people under and make them do funny shit on a stage, right? you know, and then, and then, uh, uh, we'll make people laugh. So it's like, so if you're walking down the street and all of a sudden you're like, oh, hit a little button and all of a sudden everybody that has a neural link goes, yup, yup, yup. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, I shouldn't <laughs> laugh because now someone's going to do it. But like, it, like, could you imagine you're sitting in a restaurant and you're sitting there with your phone, and, and, and you've tapped into the Neuralink network, and everybody's eating and having a good time, and then all of a sudden people are going, yup, 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 yeah. like in unison. Yeah. That would be funny as fuck, but scary too. That would be super scary. Yeah, because like all of a sudden you're like looking around, kind of like me with my vision there, there last night. Yeah. What the fuck just happened to me? Somebody just yeah. fucked with my, my See, that's the shit. That's life. the shit, man. I don't know. It's weird, though. Weird. Everything's weird. All right, brother. This conversation has been weird, <laughs> but I appreciate you. Yeah, what, uh, the, what time is it? Oh, two fifty nine. Yeah, we're we're we about go. three. We'll cut out the break, but yeah. I think this is a good place to wrap. I like it. I like it. I a lot. like it a lot. This Thank was, you this was for fun times, man. Yeah, man. This was a good one. Yeah, they're all fucking good. They're all good. We yeah. just, this just depends on what rants we go down. Yeah, this so is good. Enjoy that solo yeah. stove. Yeah, I will enjoy the solo stove. I hope everybody enjoys the the fucking rabbit hole that we dove into today. Um, and uh, yeah, man, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Love yeah, you, you too. You, I'll see you Monday, and uh, we'll get prepping for our weekend. Yeah, super. So fun. thanks everyone for tuning in this week. Appreciate you all, Mister Lamon. Appreciate you as always, my friend. Yeah, ditto to that. Thanks everybody for listening, and uh, love you, my brother. All right, love you and, back, uh, and much lo- love to all you. Uh, <laughs> you were gonna you, say no, it. No, no, I was gonna say, love y'all. All right, there you go. Okay, love y'all. All right, guys. Bye-bye. Peace out.